Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Everybody and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports today on this Saturday, January 21st. Seems the weather today looks a little gloomy. Possible rain. I know tomorrow and Monday should be bad, but overall, 50 degrees around. Good, nice day, and hope everybody's enjoying their weekend so far and get ready for some good sports talk today. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragley and the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. On today's show, busy show ahead. We're going to be doing NFL playoffs, obviously previewing the two championship games, Green Bay at Atlanta and then Pittsburgh at New England, two great matchups, a lot of big names, a lot of star power, definitely some good games, so I'm going to be breaking these down. We're going to be talking football around 11 o'clock. PD, PDV, our football analyst, will be calling in. And I'm sure Alan, our Pittsburgh Steeler guy, will be calling in. Alan from Old Bridge and uh, from the Met Roundtable. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about, we'll be breaking down these games inside out later on in the 11, the 11 o'clock hour. So there'll be a lot of football from 11 o'clock on. We're also going to be doing some NBA later, I want to talk about the All-Star voting, which is a sham. I'm actually going to do some of that in my opening rant. Westbrook's not starting the All-Star game. The guy's averaging a triple-double, but I'll get into that shortly. It's, it's a disgrace. And then uh, we'll also be talking about the, the NBA in general, going over the standings. We'll talk about the Knicks, Carmelo. He had a meeting with Phil Jackson. He's saying he wants to stay. They were saying that now yesterday, a new report comes out that Carmelo says, He'll leave if they want to get rid of him. But it's time to move on. We'll get into that point as well. We're going to talk about all the teams, the 76ers, who are playing great basketball. We'll talk about them. And uh, also, obviously, the big thing I'm going to start the show with is um, baseball and the Hall of Fame. As the Hall of Fame inductees came in this week, and congratulations, Jeff Bagwell, one of my favorite players as a, as a kid growing up. I loved watching Bagwell. Very happy he got in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Pudge Rodriguez and Tim Raines, both deserving. Very happy they got in. But I'm very unhappy that Vlad got snubbed. Vladimir Guerrero got snubbed. I think it's a, a atrocity that Vladimir Guerrero is not in the Hall of Fame first bound. Now, listen, you got 70% of the votes. You need 75%. For a first-time first ballot guy, 70% is really great and it's almost assured he'll be in next year. He fell 15 votes shy of getting in, so I'm sure next year he will get those 15 votes and he'll get in, but the guy should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. I'm going to start my opening rant. Then I'm going to get into my ballot, which I did. I, I put my ballot in. And, you know, you could put up to 10 guys in on your ballot. But when I was doing mine, I was going to do 10. So I have, like, three guys on the outside looking in. So I may do, I'm probably going to give you seven or eight. It's not to give 10 because, you know, obviously I think there's a lot of people that deserve to get in right now. Like, and over the next few years, the classes get a little weaker as far as eligibility. So I'm going to give you my ballot, and then we'll talk about, you know, we're going to talk about the Vlad thing in a minute because i got to get into that. I do want to start off the show with a quick shout-out to uh, our new president, Donald Trump. Listen up, people. Whether you support, I don't do politics on the show. Everybody knows that, but I'm going to say one thing: whoever side you you supported, you have to come together now. You got to stop. I mean, the things that are going on yesterday. I mean, you know, it's it's time to move on. Support your president and hope for the best. I was a Trump supporter, but if Hillary would have won, I would add deal with it and hope for the best. Hope for the best. Move on. Seriously. I want to give him a shout-out to 45th President Donald Trump, and uh, I think he's going to do a great job, and uh, let's hope for the best, people, seriously. All right, so I'm going to start off now, because now I want to get into something here. In the beginning of the show here, I do want to get into uh, a little something that I have. Mojo's opening rant. So my opening rant, obviously, is what I started on. Vladimir Guerrero getting snubbed out of the Hall of Fame in his first ballot. I think it's actually a disgrace. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't even, uh, I, I can't even tell you how disappointed I am that he didn't get it. I mean, a 318 career average, 455 home runs. I mean, anybody who watched the guy, I mean, you watched the guy's whole career, he had 449 home runs. 1,496 RBIs, almost about 1,500 RBIs. How this guy, great field, a great arm, led the league in assists all the time. So everything, to me, this guy's a, a sure. And to, anybody who watched this guy's career could see that he was a sure-fire Hall of Famer. There's not a person I know. Well, there's actually one or two people that said something. Other than that, every single person I know thinks he's a, a short first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't see how he's not. I mean, the guy played in his era, which we grew up watching, he he was one of the most dangerous hitters. Whenever he came up, he knew these guys could, could do something big for his team. I mean, clearly one of the more dominant players of the era. That's it. It's never been linked to steroids in any way, I mean, at all. So there's no... In, that's not why he ended in. It's basically the writers had a thing with putting guys in in the first ballot. And they always, that's why you never seen a 100%, you know, 100% vote for a guy because they, they just don't want to do it. They never want to have 100%, you know, 100% guy get voted in. I think it's ridiculous personally, okay? I'm not saying he should have 100%, but he should be in. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a flat-out crime. I mean, I, I personally think that, you know, you put, listen, you could look at it in plenty of ways. You got people complaining, you got Consenco saying things about Bagwell and Pudge getting in. Listen, Consenco's a clown, we all know that, but a lot of stuff he says is just true. But he's calling everybody hypocrites, you're letting them in. First of all, Pudge, none of these guys have ever failed the test, but Pudge came in that one year 50 pounds lighter. 
My my point is, if everybody's voting for Pudge, I think Pudge is the Hall of Fame, first ballot. I'm glad he got in. But how did Piazza get in first ballot? Because people said they, a couple people seen acne on his back and they had a suspicion, but yet Pudge came in 50 pounds lighter one year and nobody said anything or it didn't matter to anybody. So, you know, to me, that that's what I don't like. And it's just a, for a guy like Vlad not to get in, it's just, it makes no sense to me. It's just, I'm looking, you know, you look at his career numbers, you just look at everything he brought to the table as a player. I mean, it was, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy. I mean, the guy won an MVP, you know, batting title. I mean, the guy has, I mean, like I said, 449 home runs, 1,500 RBIs, basically. The guy stole 40 bases one year. He was always a threat on the bases as well. I mean, the guy don't even need, he don't even need, like, he shouldn't even need explaining for. I mean, if you know baseball and you watch the era that he played in and seen him, seen his whole career, you would know. Who he is, like how great he is. Like you don't need to see anything else. I'll never forget the year it was the 2004 going into that season. He became a free agent, and he wanted to come to the Mets. He made it clear the Mets fans were clamoring for him. They were protesting in front of the Wilpon Sterling Silver Building. Okay, for him to come, everybody wanted him. They had the rumor that the, the Mets, oh, he had a bad back. So the Mets offered him three and 39 million, which was a, a slap in the face, and then. $40 million in incentives if he stayed healthy, he could make $70 million. And then the Angels came in and gave him the five years, $75, $80 million, all guaranteed, and he signed it. And if the Mets guaranteed him that money, he's a Met. And then the best part about it is the Mets didn't want to guarantee the money because of his back. But now next year he won MVP for the Angels. You can't make it up when it comes to the Mets. You really can't. I mean, but we all know how great Flav was, dangerous player. And uh, to me, he's a Hall of Famer. And I hope, you know, I'm sure that I get some calls today on the Hall of Fame. And I definitely would like to hear some people's opinions on Vlad and everybody else who got in and who didn't get in. So definitely give a call in today, 718-508-9883. I just think it's ridiculous and disgusting. And I think it needs to be revisited. You have writers out there. You have guys like John Hayes, who is the biggest joke. And I, you heard, you've heard me bash this guy in the show, Matt, 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 this guy's a joke. I mean, how this guy got the position and the job he got is beyond me. I mean, you see, here, every year some of the things he says through the years, he's always wrong on trade rumors. You know, the things he says, he don't vote. He didn't vote for Piazza first ballot, but he has the nerve to vote for Jorge Posada first ballot. I mean, Posada didn't even get 5% of the votes to stay on the ballot. He's off the ballot now. Posada wasn't a Hall of Famer. He was a very good player, but he wasn't a Hall of Famer. He was on a great team. But my point is, it's not even... Not even that, whether, you know, Posada being on the ballot. The fact is, this guy voted for Posada on the first ballot, but he didn't vote for Piazza. It's a disgrace. That's what I'm saying. These writers should not be doing this because they're taking votes away to vote for people they like. Everybody knows this guy's a Yankee homer, but he's not the only one. There's other homers out there, too. And they they pick guys they want that have no chance to get in the Hall of Fame but just because they want to see their name on the ballot every year. So they take a vote away from somebody who really deserves it. Now, Heyman, I'm not sure if he – I think he voted for Vlad, so I'm for but I'm, in general, you're taking votes away from somebody that should deserve – you know, that could deserve it. A guy like Trevor Hoffman, he missed it by five votes. Now, we all know Hoffman blew the three biggest games of his career. I mean, the three biggest games, but he had such a long career with success 
with this, you know, how many saves he had that, you know, you could that make a good case he's a Hall of Famer. I think he'll eventually get in. I think Rivera will get in first. Obviously, Rivera is going to be in next year. I mean, two years from now. Next year will be Chipper Jones and probably Vlad. And who knows? Now you have, like, the guys like Bonds and Clemens, the steroid guys moving up. They're up to 50-something percent in the voting. So I, it's, it's starting to trend towards the steroid guys eventually getting in. Now, me personally, I think Bonds and Clemens should both be in the Hall of Fame already. So I, I think they're going to get in the Hall of Fame. I just think who knows when. The writers can make them wait to the 10th year, you know, as like a penalty for them being, for being whatever associated with steroids or accused with steroids, that they could just do that. The writers will wait the 10th year. They'll say, all right, now we'll put them in. Let them, we let them suffer for nine years, and then we'll put them in. But to me, it's stupid because if you're going to pick, first of all, if you're going to put one suspected guy in, you got to put them all. If basically, any steroid guy, you got to put them all in, or don't put any in. Personally, I think they should be in, but you can't go both. You can't pick and choose which ones you want to put in and which ones you don't. To me, that's, that's ridiculous. So, like I said, it's a disgrace. I think Vlad's a surefire Hall of Famer. I think it's, I'm really disappointed. I really wanted him in as a first out, one of my favorite players. But next year, I'm sure he'll get in. He'll probably be hitting Chipper Jones next year. And uh, remember, they're on that same, uh, I believe they're on a, uh, no, no, he's on the rookie card with Andrew Jones. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, the top's rookie card with Andrew Jones. So, so we'll see. Obviously, I'm like I said, I'm very disappointed. I had a rant about Vlad for a couple of minutes, and uh, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's stupid. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully next year he gets in. And uh, I'm going to do my ballot. I'm going to do my ballot now. I'm going to get into I'll get into the NBA in a little while. I do want to talk about the all-star snub, Russell Westbrook. I did want to put that in my rant. You know, I'll throw it in my rant now, and then I'll get back to baseball. Russell Westbrook not starting in the all-star game is a, a complete ridiculous joke. And the guy is averaging a triple-double. Nobody's averaged a triple-double since Oscar Robinson. I mean, the guy's having one of the best years in uh, who knows how long, and He's, he's clearly clearly one of the better players in the league right now, and the guy should be starting. Now, listen, the West is stacked with, especially, I mean, you have Harden and Curry starting, but he's not, listen, and Harden's having an unbelievable year. Believe it or not, Curry out of the three should be the one not starting. It should be Westbrook and Harden. Harden's averaging 28, like close to 28 points. He's averaging like 10 assists and seven rebounds or something. So he's close to a triple double with Westbrook. Just add the triple double. How he was just not starting in the game is crazy. And it's because of the fan vote. And I'm glad that next year they're getting rid of the fan vote. So basically, how the voting goes now is the fans get a vote. So the fans vote for, uh, you know, if it goes to the fans, the, the coaches, and the players now. And they all, they all get to vote. So when they put their votes in, basically, they're, uh, hold on, I'm just trying to post something here. Yeah, so when I put the votes in, when they put the votes in, they got, they tally the three, and then they do like a, an average amongst the three. So then you get the average out of the three. And out of the average of the three, now I'm glad that at least they changed it where it ain't all fan voting, because if Zaz Lampajula would be starting in the All-Star game, which would have been a complete disgrace. But, uh, yeah, so now they got, so the way they do it is basically there's a tiebreaker, and then 
they, he didn't get the tiebreaker because he got he got a three. The fan gave him the highest vote to uh, to Curry and Harden, and Westbrook got the lower vote. But then, like the coach, like the scale of one to three, let's just say he got a one. The other two got two and three. But then, from the coaches and the players, he got a three, and the other guys got one and two. So that's where it averaged out. But somehow he didn't he didn't win like the tiebreaker. So. Curry and Harden won the fan vote tiebreaker. So Curry and Harden are starting. I'm just saying Westbrook getting the chef. I'm going to later on talk about the full results, go over both teams. And, uh, you know, obviously both teams are stacked. And then we'll see who the reserves that could be picked to be joining them. We'll go over that as well. But, you know, Westbrook not starting in this All-Star game is a complete ridiculous joke. So there's really two big things this weekend that really upset me. Vlad. Obviously, not getting in the Hall of Fame. And Russell Westbrook not starting in the All-Star game. It's two big, well, I mean, two things I think the sports got wrong. And I'm glad the NBA has done something to fix their problem going forward where the fan vote won't matter starting next year. But, you know, baseball is not going to fix their problem with these writers because, you know, if a writer is just like voting for a guy he likes, then to me it's ridiculous that, He's not, he's not looking at the best interest of the league. He's just looking, being selfish, looking for a guy like, like, a, like a, you know, like a homer. So that's that. So I'm going to take my ballot now. So my ballot is, so obviously I had Vlad in as my first entry. I think Vlad is a short first ballot. I had Jeff Bagwell, who got in. I had Bagwell, Pudge, and Reigns. So I had three of the, of the guys that got in. I had all three on my list. They should all get in. I'm glad Reigns finally got in. He deserves it. You know, he waited long enough. The guy definitely had a great career. And when he played, you know, people understand, too, like, you look, you can't, when you're comparing this era in all sports, but in baseball, too, you're comparing this era, you can't compare this era to the era in the 80s. It's a different game now. Everything's different. There's more, you know, there's more run production. It's just, the game is completely different. It's physically, the players are different. It's just a different game now. So the stats are going to change. Records are going to be broke now. That's just how it goes. You know, records are definitely going to be broke. So, but so you also have Vlad Bagwell, Pudge Reigns. Then I have Kent, who I think Kent not getting a good vote. To me, I I I, I think is the stupidest thing. Kent, to me, Kent should be all the same. A second baseman, almost a fifteen hundred RBI. So, I mean, you know, people just don't like him. Which was it's another stupid thing that these guys do with the ballot. That's why a guy like Albert Bell and even on the ballot they blackballed him off the ballot, and he was a Hall of Famer by far. So, and then so that's five, and then I'm putting Bonds and Clemens in. Right, to me, they're Hall of Fame players. People have different opinions on the steroid guys. To me, Bonds and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. So, I'm putting Bonds and Clemens in, and then I have one more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these other guys wait. I'll make Manny wait because um, he failed to publicly attest twice. Even though, like I said, I'm not fully against steroid guys, but Bonds and Clemens never publicly failed anything, okay? Edgar Martinez is my other guy. I'll put Edgar Martinez in. So I, I have eight this year. I'm, I, I put eight in on my ballot this year. But let's hear some thoughts. Call in. Let's talk. You know, we got a busy show ahead, but let's talk. Let's talk some baseball. Hall of Fame here. Let's let us hear some opinions. We're going to hit the phone line here. Hold on one second. Bear with me here. 
mouse is acting up on me here. Hold on one second. What the hell's going on here? Stay with me. What's going on, Big E? What's happening, bro? What's going on, man? Just trying to click what are you down. Doing? What the hell's going on here? What's going on, my man? Uh, yeah, you know, I called I call to add my two cents about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So what do you um, think? I think the biggest travesty is Rafael Palmero. Another guy got blackballed off the, off the, yeah, off the, yeah, I mean, the the guy, right? another guy. The guy has numbers that are comparable to, almost to Willie Mays. So he has, he's done things that no one's done. You know, he's like in the, he has, he's like 200 RBIs away from being the all-time RBI leader. Yeah, that's insane. Oh. And, yeah. And, and, he's the, not in the whole, and he's not in the Hall he's of Fame. Not, he's not only in the Hall of Fame, he's not even on the ballot anymore. His first year, he went right off the ballot. Yeah, they blackballed him off, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He's got 570 homers and 1,900 RBIs and, you know, 3,000-something hits. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't like the fact that they have it like, well, if you're a a, a jerk-off off the field, you don't get in. We're not going to put you in the Hall of Fame. That shouldn't to me. That shouldn't matter. If you're a great player on the field, is what should matter. Sure. Well, you know what they did? They they took away the secret ballots. I'm not sure what year that's going to start, but pretty soon, yes, uh, yes. either this year or next year, there's no more secret ballots. So you you have to know who you – they're going to know who you voted for, the ten guys you voted for instead of Vlad. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like he can't. I, how can you justify not voting for him? I don't know. And I got, yeah. and I got, you know, he lost by fifteen votes, and it had to just be some some idiot. Made, I mean, like I, I just don't get it. Like how you cannot put him in, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Hoffman, he should have been the first ballot. I think Hoffman belongs in there. God, I think they're waiting for Mariano though yeah. to start putting the relievers in. That's exactly right. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see how Hoffman's not going to get it next year. He was so close this year, but I mean, five votes, right? He needs five more right. votes. But um, look, you know, the guy might—he might have blew a few big games, but the guy was as consistent as anybody. He never had, you know. I mean, he was no Mariano, but he never had bad years. Yeah, no, he looks he was consistent every year. You knew what you yeah. were getting at him. Yeah. yeah, you know, he yeah, was good. He, yeah. He, I mean, what do you think's the reason I keep him out? Is it because he blew those three games or do you think no, it's because they're think waiting he, for Mariano? Yeah, I, you know, look, there's not many relief pitchers in in the the Hall of Fame. You know who's in there? Raleigh Fingers, Bruce Suda, Eckersley, right? And Eckersley, right? I mean, there's not too yeah, many closers. Yeah. You know, but it's ridiculous. You know, they don't want to put closes in. They don't want to put DHs in. But meanwhile, their positions, how can you not put them in? Ed yeah, Martinez, Martinez, right? Another guy Martinez. I know you feel should be in, Ed Joe, right? Yeah, I mean, the guy was a fucking great fucking hitter, man. It was, there wasn't many better hitters than him. And, you know, DH is a position. It's not his yeah, fault. Yeah, I agree. 
Look, if there was no DH, they would have had him somewhere. He certainly wouldn't have been out of baseball. Look, I mean, he was originally a third baseman. He probably would have been a first baseman, most likely. Yeah, there's another guy who was, the same, who was in the same boat, Harold Baines. Yeah. You know, the guy had 2,800 hits, like 300-and-something homers. I mean, you know, but the guy was a DH's whole career, so he, he never he never even got consideration. But they're going to put Big Poppy in, most likely. Yeah, well, you know, for some reason, he's he's an excuse steroid cheat. Yeah, yeah, he'll be the guy. He'll get a first ballot, meanwhile. I think all the steroid guys belong in. Look, they all turned a blind eye when it was fucking bringing the the game back from the brink after the 94 strike. In, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the owners encouraged it. I agree. And, they and the then they threw them all under the bus, yeah. And you know what, A-Rod, they're, they're, they're talking like, you know, well, all these other steroid guys are getting in. Maybe A-Rod could get in. So what, what, do, you, what do you mean maybe? I mean, you, I mean, yeah, A-Rod's got to get in. The guy never, hey, him too, he never tested positive. He never oh. tested positive. I know he got He'll suspended, pump. and I know he admitted to it, but he still never tested positive. Yeah, they'll probably let him wait. They won't put him in the first ballot, though. You know, the guy, he, he like might have always said the wrong thing, and he might have been a jerk and all that, but he played the game right, and that should count for something. I agree. What do you think of, what do you think of a guy like Kent? I don't, I, I can't, the best offensive second baseman i ever seen. I mean, the guy knocked yeah, in 100 runs, like seven or eight years in a row. It's hard to do that as you, if you're a first baseman, let alone a second baseman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And it's where is his? You know, what's his level? You know, is he like, is he off the ballot now? Because I don't even remember seeing his his numbers. Oh, Kent! No, Kent was on it, but he only got like ten or fifteen percent. How is that? How is that possible? Yeah, like I would love to see some of these other ballots, right? Well, pretty like soon they're going to be, you know, they're going to be available for you to see who, not yeah. just. Not just who vote, you know, people's percentages, but who voted for what. Well, some people do public, you know, some of these writers yeah. do put them public. Right. Or not all, only like half. Well, the people who vote honestly, and you know, they don't you know, have clown votes. So, yeah. so some guy who gave him an interview every game gets a, gets a vote, and he can say, look, I got to vote for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, if I like this guy, I'm going to just put him on the ballot. Yeah, you know... I mean, you voted for ten people, and one of them was not Vlad. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Who'd you do? I mean, I don't know. you tell me. You tell me the ten guys you put in over him, please. I right. want to hear it, right? Right. There, there definitely isn't ten guys because there just couldn't have been ten guys. Yeah. So, so what do you think of Manny Sosa? Those guys. I think they all belong in. I certainly. I think Manny. You know, I don't think Sosa is is as good a player as a lot of these guys. But he, look, he he had like what do you have uh, six sixty home run seasons or five yeah. four in a row? I mean, you know, the guy the guy has six hundred homers. Five hundred is the magic number. He yeah. has six hundred. Like you said, when Major League Baseball is turning a blind eye to this, you know. 
An- another Why disgrace? Should... Fred McGriff. He's not in the fucking Hall of Fame. McGriff, Are you another kidding one. Me? Yeah, another one. Fred McGriff. Four, what, 493 homers, 1,500 RBIs. He had like 30 homers like 10 years in a row. What did he do? Did, did he did he kill somebody? What's the problem? I mean, all he he could have got the 500 in the sleep. All he had to do was be in, 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 on the team. But for some reason, yeah. they stopped him from doing that. I know. You know they did that to Conseco also. Conseco had like 460 homers, and they knew he was going to hit 500. They don't want it to. So they blackballed him. No one would sign him. And that's why he came out with that book. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why he turned on. Yeah, I think like looking at Sosa's stats that you brought up, Sosa, six hundred and nine homers, I mean, 16, yeah. 1,667 ribbies, two seventy three bat career average. I mean, <laughs> almost fifteen hundred runs scored and twenty twenty four hundred hit. Look, I don't, you know. I mean, that's that's a whole you know if you don't want to attach a name to that that's a hall of fame that's a hall of famer you know what I mean? and he had sixty homers three out of four years he had sixty six sixty three fifty and then sixty four okay and then forty nine and forty the next two years that got, look at look at these years though sixty six one fifty eight sixty three one forty one fifty one thirty eight and sixty four one sixty unbelievable I mean, those are monster numbers right there that is a monster and he had three twenty three twenty eight three oh eight and a hundred forty six runs scored one of those years wow yeah yeah that's come on yeah that's crazy man. that's a hall of fame player right there. That's crazy. That's a little ridiculous. Like I said, if you don't put a name on that and you just show those numbers, there's no way you're not yeah. voting for that. You yeah. know, the only guy I'm, who I'm not convinced is a Hall of Famer is maybe Maguire. But the guy got like 580 homers, so it's hard to say he's not. Yeah. But he also had seasons where he hit 170. I, you know, I have a problem with that. You know what I mean? He's not at the level of those guys. I, I don't, you know... I I I, w- I, w- I wouldn't put I certainly would put all those other guys in before I put McGuire in. Yeah, maybe like you know, pound for pound power, you could put McGuire with them, but not all around baseball player. Yeah, you know? no, I mean the guy he had a couple of dud years, you know, a lot of dud years, and then he came when he went to the Cardinals, he had big home run years. Yeah, but and that's when the whole thing started, right? With right. Them. Right. But I yeah, know he, has, I, he had 583 homers, career 263 hitter, 1,400 ribbies. I mean, he had 1,600 hits and 1,167 runs scored. So a third of he his had, like, he, runs. I mean, he, yeah. he, no, I don't know, 1,600 hits, that's not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. You know, I know five He had the Seven, six out of seven really good years with Oakland. Then he had two really dud years with Oakland. He was hurt a lot. Right. Then he went. Then he had another two good years with Oakland. And then, then he went. Then he had another. Then he had a down year. Then his first year in St. Louis, he only, he only played fifty games at twenty four homers. And then he exploded. Then he had seventy and sixty five the next two years. Well, I think then he, um, then he went down to thirty-two, twenty-nine. After that, 
I think that first year with St. Louis was only a half a year. Yeah, combined. Oh. Yeah, combined, he had 58 homers on the two teams right. that year. Right. He had 24 with St. Louis. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. And he had 24 with St. Louis, and he had 34 with Oakland that right. year. But, you know, like you said, I, the last Barry year, Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. He had 187 year where he hit 187. He had another year he hit 201. Yeah. So he had some bad average years and mixed in there. Well, I guess that's why his average is 260. Yeah. But, and you know, Bonds, Bonds the best player I ever saw by far. He's not in the Hall of Fame. I agree. Me too. Same here. And it was nothing he couldn't do. You know, and then every year they're going to tell me that there was 10 players who you voted for over Tim Raines? I mean, seriously? Yeah. I told last year. And, I mean. Yeah. It's like they just made him suffer. They, they let him sit there and wait. I don't understand that. And that's what I think they're going to do with these guys. They're going to let them wait until the end, and then they'll get them in. Yeah. Well, do you know when you're eligible to be voted on by the um, – Whatchamacallit, the uh, the Veterans Committee or something? Yeah, I think it's like 20 years or something. You know, the only, there's only it's three the people. Right. There's only three people who got over 50% that didn't make it into the hall. I, I know Jack Morris is one of them. I can't remember who the other two are. But. Wow. Yeah. You know, all these guys who were over 50%, that you know, that bodes well for them. But then again, it used to be 15 years. Now it's only 10 years you're on the ballot. Now, listen, once, and once you get in, right, I mean, once you get in, I, I don't even think anybody even says, thinks, oh, you weren't a first ballot at that point. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah, they don't, they don't care about that. Right, they don't care about that stuff. Guys like... Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio, they didn't get in on the first ballot, so. Yeah. And nobody's ever got in a unanimous 100% vote. Yeah, who who got the highest? Griffey now, right? Griffey, right? Last year, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he passed Siva. But you know who's going to get 100%? Jeter. Mariano's probably going to get it, though. The next year, next, if before Jeter, Mariano will get it. I think he deserves it, but I don't know if he'll get it. You know, the guy is the most dominant. To me, the reason he should get it, that's why he was the most dominant player in his position ever. To he, me, that should get you dominant in any position. I mean, the yeah. guy never had a bad year. Everyone has bad years. He, he he broke his leg, and he fucking came back the next year. He wouldn't have known that he was out. And and he did that at 42 years old. And he was automatic. He comes in that game. Yankees so, don't win those World Series without Mariano. No, he was the main. He was the, he was the main man behind all of that. Yeah. They talk about Jeter and Posada all they want, but he's the main guy. They don't win any of it without him. Meanwhile, Posada's off the. He's off the ballot yeah. now. I don't and know how that. He got only three percent of the vote. I mean, he deserved a little, uh, you know. Yeah, like, I don't good. know if he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's it's surprised that he's off the ballot already. 
Look, he's he's at least the you know if he's not a Hall of Fame, he should be at least a close to a borderline, and he should have hung around for a few years. You know, I you know to fall off right right away. That's I, I don't understand that. I mean, he you know he caught 140, 150 games a year, and he did it for a long time. Yeah, I think I think he's more like locked in with the Bernie Williams part of it. Like he's more of a he's a really good player that just played on a great team. You know. Yeah. No, 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 no doubt. But Bernie, Bernie would Bernie get, get any. You know. Bernie doesn't even get any respect by the Yankees. Yeah. No, you don't. I mean, they fucking been dogging him for years. I mean, they let him just go. They never until last year, I think, they finally gave him a you know proper retirement. You know, they always talk about the 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 core four. You know, Bernie was the one that started all that. He was their first homegrown player that became that was just kind of a star. Yeah. And they never they never give him credit in that. Yeah, they never mention him in that, right? So yeah, they never they always, they always say Rivera, Cheetah, Posada, Pettit. Right. You know, you talk about a never. Cheetah. Pettit, you know. It's funny, everybody's a cheetah unless they play for a team somebody likes. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Pettit's, it's okay with Pettit because he's a God-fearing man. Yeah, and he said he only did it once. But the thing is, you know what? You know why it's okay with him? Because he just he just flat-out admitted it. He he didn't try and beat around the bush. He didn't, you know. Yeah, but he still lied. He said he only did it once. I mean, <laughs> you know, nobody well, believes that. I mean. He's hanging yeah. out with Clemens. If they're going to say Clemens did it a lot, then you got to say he did it a lot. They were, they were together all the time. Yeah, but, you know, at least he he you know he admitted doing it. I mean, he didn't, you know. I, honestly, I don't see if you're using it, if you're constantly injured and, you you know, you keep hurting the same thing or whatever and you're missing a lot of time, I, I, don't, I, I don't have any problem with you taking steroids to help yourself heal. Under a doctor's care, and you know what's the problem? Yeah, and that's no, what, that's I have what no the players use it for. I agree. I have no problem with them using it, but a lot of people seem to have a problem with it. Yeah, you know what? Baseball players have been taking things for a hundred years to help them concentrate, to, you know, to keep them awake during games. They they've been doing all that shit is outlawed now. So, you know, any anything that Mickey Mantle took, I mean, the guy, you know, the guy was a drunk. He took all kinds of shit. You know, so the numbers that he put up shouldn't count because uh, he was taking shit, you know? Yeah, I agree. You know, they all took barbiturates when they played back in the days. And the most important thing here is they let him, They were, the MLB let these guys do this. Sure. You know? And then That's they like, threw him under the bus. they let Bud- well, when they blew it, too, is when they let Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame because now that opens really opens it up for the, these guys that they said did steroids to put them in now because you let him in. He's the, he was the guy in, in, in charge when it was happening. Right. You know, he was the one letting it happen. I mean, come on. And they Bud just knew, like, like we talked about, they knew it was for base. They knew at the time it was saving baseball, that home run chase, so they weren't right. about to step in then. They were right. going to make money. Baseball, the salaries were starting to take off. That's where, that's where it all started taking off around that time. And no one was going to games. 
After exactly. 94, no one was going to games. I mean, they stopped the season, right, at the end of the, like, in, what was it, July or August, right? Right. They played, like, 110 games. They had no World Series, but they named MVPs and all that. And I would say the Expos were having a great year that year, right? Montreal right. Expos. And they had a stacked team back then. And that's when they had, like, Larry Walker, Grissom, right, the Shields, right. those guys. Right. Did they have Cologne back then, too? Yeah, they had Cologne. That I don't know. That's when they traded. They made that bad trade. They traded Sizemore, Cliff Lee, and somebody else for Cologne. I forgot what it was. And everybody they traded turned out good in that deal. No, they would have, they would have, you know, they always had the best prospects. They just couldn't keep any of them. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, now since they moved to Washington, now they can spend. But when they were in Montreal, they couldn't spend. That's why they they, had, they lost Vlad eventually, too. Right. And then the Mets said he had a bad back and they didn't want to pay him. I mean, and I have to admit, and one thing paid. about Vlad, he wasn't the smartest player in the world. The guy had all the talent in the world, but the year that he stole, like, 40 bases, he was caught, like, 25 times, I believe. And I remember watching a game where... It's like two two outs in the ninth inning, and he's on second, and he goes to steal third. He's thrown out, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "Yo, I, I you know I'm a free agent. I got, I got to fucking pad my stats. I mean, that's what that's what you're worried about. What kind of a fucking asshole are you?" He said that. I don't remember that. He said yeah. that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's always a guy that comes out that does shit like that, like Greg Jeffries, one of the dumbest players ever. He's playing third base for the Mets, man on third, ninth inning, man on third, two out, ground ball to him. He throws home. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, afterwards, Jeffries, they were like, Jeffries why would you throw home there? He's like, I would do it again. You would do it again. What are you, an idiot? Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand doing that if you don't have a play at first, but, you know, a simple ground ball well, to you third. Two outs, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's two outs. What's wrong with you? Take the sure out, man. These guys, some of, it's funny. It's amazing really when they make it to that level sometimes. You know? Yeah, Je- Jeffries was really dumb. Oh. I mean, you know, he, he could hit. It's a shame, but he was a dumb fucking player. And he came up like a house of fire, remember? Yeah. In the beginning? Like, he looked like he did. I remember, obviously, it wasn't nothing even close, but they were comparing. When he first came up there, they were comparing him to Pete Rose. Right. <laughs> I remember that. And then he was afraid to play second. He came up as a second baseman. He was afraid to play second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember? Because he, he was afraid of the guy sliding into him. What? Are you, huh? And he just like completely fell off the right. He just completely like just faded out. Like he just his numbers went down every year, and then he completely just faded out. He went. He ended up with well, a couple other teams. But what the Mets do? They traded him to the Cardinals or the Philly? The Phillies, right? Because he played. I think he played on both teams, and he had some good he years. Did. I mean, he. I think he led the league in hitting one year. 
But then, yeah, he kind of like just faded away. Yeah, he. That, I mean, that that year, he, the Mets called him up when they went. That was on the playoff. They were on that playoff race. That was, it was. He went like remember he was like you couldn't get him out that year. Right. And then like the, then obviously the expectations came and he clearly couldn't handle. Right. He couldn't he handle, couldn't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that took him apart. I think that's what did him in. Yeah, I agree. I think he didn't. I think he couldn't handle New York. He might have been better off. He might have been better off going somewhere else. Well, he was. When he went to those other teams, he had some nice years. He played for the Phillies, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Royals, and the Tigers over 13 years. Okay. And he played, uh, let me see. He had what you were talking about, the really good year he had. Let's see. When the year with the Mets, he had 40 doubles, right, that one year? Now this thing just went blank on me. Something laptop is driving me crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so... Did that, yeah, the yeah, the Mets called him up in '88. Didn't he go? Didn't he hit like freaking 350 or something the rest of the year? When he came up, and he came up very, you know, as a very high ceiling prospect. People, you know, New York Mets fans were like, "Oh my God, look at this guy!" Yeah, and like then, you know, he was, a, you know, he was a nice hitter, but he wasn't what he was supposed to be. That's for sure. And he was dumb. Yeah, he had 321 and 109 at bats that year in 88. Right. Six home with 17 ribbies. Then he had 258 the next year with all the expectations. Right. Yeah, he never really had a big year with the Mets. No. Other than that first year. But then he had 342 his first year in St. Louis. That was the year. Right. He, he won the batting title. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you know that typical Met shit where they he's back to back also three forty two and three twenty five. So yeah, they traded him. They actually traded him to the Royals, and then the Royals traded him to the Cardinals. Okay. He's only yeah. on the Royals for one year that year, and then they traded him. That's typical Met shit, though. You know, they always trade a guy at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> We've we've seen that a lot in our life with the Mets, signing the wrong guy at the wrong time, trading the wrong guy. It seems like every time they trade somebody, the guy turns out good, right? Yeah. Oh, always. Now, now the guy, uh, the guy Fulmer, if they trade, it's now obviously we don't care because we got Cespedes and he helped us go to the World Series, and you know, but it's, right. it's the thing they gave they gave up, you know, they gave up. Fulmer and he wins rookie of the year, you know. <laughs> well, at least they got Cespedes for him, so. Yeah, and thank God yeah, they, they signed him because if they didn't sign right. Cespedes, it would have yeah. really been fortunate. Well, well, <clears throat> if they go to the World Series and win it, and then they lose Cespedes, it ain't the end of the world. At least they win the World Series. No matter yeah. what you do, it's worth winning the World Series. Exactly. Yeah, so the but, Mets traded. Jeffries with Kevin McReynolds and Keith Miller to Kansas City for Brett Saberhagen and Bill Bacoda. That was that trade. And then he was ended up traded from Kansas City to St. Louis for Felix Jose and Craig Wilson. Okay. 
Well, at least I got and to say Philly, that. And then Philly signed him as a free agent, and then Detroit signed him as a free agent. So that was that was. I, I, I kind of remember that the year that Saberhagen had like more wins than walks for the Mets. Yeah, he had a sick year that year. Yeah. I think it was that. His, I mean, he was odd year off year, right? Saberhagen. Yeah. He'd have, like, a bad year and a good year, a bad year yeah. and a good year. Like, every every other year, he would have, like, a Cy Young yeah. type year. He was Cy Young, and then he was a bum. Yeah. I'll tell you, he got, uh, he got them into the, you know, he got them into the, in that World Series, he was unbelievable when they won the World Series that year. Right. So, he made George Brett won uh, a ring. Right. All right, so... That was, a, that was a productive meeting last night, right? Very productive. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to post the stuff on the board after the, after the show today. Okay. All the stuff. You're going to be, yeah, you're going to be home good. later? Yeah, I'll be around. All right, I'm going to have to give you a call. i got to talk to you about something. Okay. All right? Sounds good. Yeah. All right, definitely. man. Call me. I'll be around. Just whatever you All want right. to call me. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for calling me. No problem. Bye. Bye. There's my man Eric from Canarsie calling in, talking Hall of Fame. Very knowledgeable baseball fan, Eric. Always good talking baseball with him. And, uh, yeah, he has opinions, too. Like, you know, on the steroid guys, he thinks they should all be in as well. And some other guys he was naming that he thought should be in, like Edgar Martinez, McGriff. You know, he could make a good case. Like Fred McGriff's a guy, like, you know, Fred McGriff's definitely a guy that, to me, is, you know, you got to put a guy like that in. I mean, so, I, I don't know. We'll see. We're going to see what happens. I'm going to get a I, – I think, personally, I think Sosa, after looking, too, especially, you know, you look at Sosa's numbers, man. I mean, Sosa's numbers are insane. I mean, Sosa has whole, definitely has Hall of Fame numbers. I mean, and he's not even getting close to the votes that Bonds and you know Bonds and Clemens are getting, which is surprising. Not that he's as good as obviously nobody to me. Bonds the best player I've ever seen. So, but it's it's I, I find it weird that like Sosa's really getting no love at all. I know like I obviously again the steroid thing, but he's getting no love at all. Holy cow! 680 career home runs should count for something, I would think. You know, in this world, <laughs> I would think it would count for something. But, all right, we're going to hit the phone lines again here. Man, you hear me? Good morning, Mr. Mojo. What's going on, my man? Clear? What's so, going on, my man? Uh, happy Saturday morning. I'm very happy. And I'm very happy, happy. to talk Hall of Fame. Yes? I what do you think? What's your opinion? I, well, my, my first opinion is um, 
I'm sad Ivan Rodriguez uh, Pudge is retiring because we could have used him behind the plate this year. Right now, in his current state, he has to be better than Don Oder. You make That's a good point. I got to be honest with you. Now, let me ask you something because I know, listen, I know you in your mind you feel Pudge is a Hall of Fame type player, but you were a little upset Absolutely. that. You know, he got in first ballot because he was linked in with the steroids, and yet, like, a guy like Piazza obviously got shafted, you know, in uh, Bowie. So, what's yeah, your take on that part of it? Uh, well, I'll tell you my true opinion, because I fooled Howie a little bit when we talked to, to kind of jive you. But, look, I think Fudge is probably one of the best overall catches ever in history. There's no doubt about it. He had a glove. Yeah, all, all, all around, around, without a doubt, right? All around. And and he, and he could hit the ball in his heyday. He hit the long ball. And, and, you know, even later on, he had a little bit of an average. So, I have no issues with, with Pudge at all. And I, in, in my lifetime, he's probably the best overall catcher I've ever seen. Now, so I'm talking about, like, from the 80s on or mid-70s on. Now, I do have to say one more thing, and it's a credit to Pudge Rodriguez, which I'm not so sure Piazza had, or, or, or maybe because he was such an offensive juggernaut, we didn't talk about it much. But the one thing that that that, that I have to say is the underrated part of the game of baseball, right, is controlling the pitches, framing the plate, being good defensive catching, not just throwing throwing guys out but stopping past balls, right? Um, calling pitches, pitch outs when it's appropriate. You know, and I think he was fantastic with that. And that's a part of the game that you really can't measure, so nobody sees, right? Unless you physically watch the player day in and day out, and I didn't for Bud Rodriguez, but I've seen him often enough, you can't appreciate that because it's not a stat. It's literally not a stat. But it means a tremendous amount to, to the pitching staff and to that club, um, you know, may, may, maybe even more than a long ball. What do you think? Oh, I agree. You can't, you can't, you can't put a price on taking care of a pitching staff. I mean, most most managers and, and pitchers will tell you they'd rather have a good defensive catcher than a good hitting catcher. You know? Yeah. So, so one thing, all of those reasons and more, I am a Pudge Rodriguez fan. I think he should get the Hall of Fame. However, I, you know, I differ from you a little bit. I think he definitively used steroids. Um, I don't even think it's a question in my mind. However, um, I think he did it at a time where, you know, 80, 85% of those guys are doing steroids. And um, I'm not so sure in their mind they were doing something wrong at the time. Um you know, uh, so so I don't know if I can hold him accountable. I'm really, I know I'm kind of wishy-washy on the subject, but, but I kind of am, right? I love seeing those guys hit the ball, you know, 480 feet, 485 feet. You know, I also do, you know, think it's sort of cheating. So, you know, I'm kind of in between on it. But as a Pudge Rodriguez goes, for all the reasons I, I, I said, he's definitively a Hall of Famer. It does bother me that Piazza didn't get in first ballot because I, I, I don't even think there's a question that he should. Um, but 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 I don't hold anything against Pudge. I think he's a fantastic player. Once again, one of the most uh, uh, dynamic and, and overall best, um, you know, uh, receivers uh, 
you know, in the game, maybe ever. I don't know, but but I definitely know in my era, on the last you know thirty years I've been watching, thirty five years I've been watching ball, maybe more now. I forget my age, probably close to forty years. Now I thought you were still teams, playing. What? I thought you were still playing ball. Well, <laughs> he he had to be. He was he was older when he retired, right? He wasn't a young guy anymore. For a catcher, I thought he extended his career a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he went into he went into his mid to late thirties, right? Yeah, I, I believe he did. I mean, now, now, what's your opinion on Tim Raines? I like Raines. I think Raines should have been a Hall of Famer. You know, this, I think when Raines was doing it, what he did, nobody was doing it other than Ricky Henderson, really, at that point. You know, to that extent. Well, so, well, for those who don't you know, know, the game's changed now, uh, so there's more guys getting stats. But back then, it wasn't like that. But listeners who don't know. There were very few people, very few uh, ball players that that were able to um, steal a base and hit a home run. Very few. And back then, if you hit 30 home runs, it was an achievement. You know, today maybe not so much. You know, it was an achievement. It was a rarity. You didn't get a lot of guys hitting close to 40 or 35 home runs. Oh, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 home is 100 RBIs was a big deal at one point. Yeah, I mean, you used to have people leading the league in home runs with 37 or something, right? 37, 40, 35, I mean, it, it was a big deal. So so given that, I think Tim Raines, you know, my only knock on Rangers, and, 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 may, and, and maybe my, my thinking is skewed, and, 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 you know, you give your opinion. Um, I don't know if he was the best player in any one year he played. I don't know. Well, maybe I don't remember. I don't have a stack in front of me at the table. I didn't look him up. But I don't remember him being, the, you know, the best player in, in any year he played. So, to me, part of – part of Yeah, but he had a couple – listen, his game, his game was based on speed, you know. I mean, he, he had, you know, he had two 70-steal seasons. You know, his game was based on speed. He wasn't a power hitter. But he, he made things happen. He was a table, you know, he was a great top of the order guy who set things up for his team. I, you know, to me, you know, he was your, uh, a classic pro- prolific leadoff hitter, you know. Like, you know, you have a few yeah, guys but, that you yeah, can but you, had, that. you had years like a Ricky Henderson won, won the MVP. You had years where he dominated. I mean, dominated using his speed. I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe because they played. Yeah, he's the, the all-time, Reigns is the all-time stolen base percentage leader, you know. You know that, right? So he was a yeah. smart base dealer. Yeah, he was definitely a smart base player. Listen, he was a smart player. He was a smarter player than Ricky Henderson. I think to me, Ricky Henderson, I think all around because of the power, but Reigns, you know, Reigns didn't dog it like Ricky did. Ricky dogged it a lot, you know, in his career. Well, I think I think the one thing Ricky had that that most people don't have, he had the God-given genetics. Yeah. To to, to not only accelerate very quickly, but maintain that acceleration over a period of time and for the length of the career he had. I mean, I remember when he was playing with the Mets, he was, I think he was 40 years old at the time. He was one of the fastest guys on the team. Oh, yeah. Just Ricky, Ricky was, yeah, Ricky was one of those guys that he was one of those guys that, he, he, listen, a great player, but you don't know every day if he's going to give you 100%. <laughs> I mean, the guy was a dog. You know? No, I agree. I agree. 
And when the Mets got knocked out of the playoffs, that yeah, he was in the locker room with Bobby Benilla playing polka while the game was going on. You Absolutely. Know? Now, now, now let's talk Vladimir Guerrero. Yes. What do you think of him? I, I, now, I you, you know what I said. I think he clearly got snubbed. No, well, I got snubbed for what though? Like guys get snubbed because they did something. Why would he get snubbed? No, they get, they're snubbing guys like him because they don't want they don't want if for some reason the writers have this thing they don't want to put guys in on the first ballot. Like they want to make oh, people so, wait. Well, 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 wait a minute. So Vlad didn't do it, anything. Vlad didn't about, do anything. He never he was never linked to steroids. Vlad didn't do anything like that. So well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. But if that if if the writers are holding the prestige of getting elected the first time Hall of Fame as as in elite, um, elite baseball, like an elite, like I'm talking to the, the, like you're talking about folks that are elected to the Hall of Fame, and then you're talking about the top 10% of those that are already in the Hall of Fame that go in first ballot. If they're talking about, if, if that's really why they didn't put them in, then, then I'm not so sure I disagree with them. I think he's no. a Hall of Fame. I don't like, I don't like mind, the power that they got to pick and choose. Certain guys, if they like them, they'll put them in. If they don't like them, they're not putting them in. That's what's coming well, down. To. Yeah, but and Vlad, it, it, ain't like Vlad, it ain't like Vlad wasn't liked. Because Vlad wasn't a bad guy. He was a likable guy. It ain't like Vlad was a, a guy the media hated and people hated. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like, you know, the Barry Bonds media relationship or Albert Bell in the media, you know. But for some reason, he didn't get he, – he missed it by 15 votes. I mean, he got 70%, so he was close. But I just don't get it. I'd like to see, like Eric said before, I'd like to see the 10 ballots, the people that filled out 10 ballots and 10 names and didn't have him as one of the 10. I mean, there's not 10 guys. You can't even put two or three guys over him, never mind 10. I mean. No, but, no, but once again, if that's, if that's like the subculture, that, that the, the, the top 10% that are in the hole, so the, 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 we're not disagreeing that he's a Hall of Famer, but. But do you think he's – if you take everybody that's in the Hall of Fame now and the top 10%, so the elite of the Hall of Fame, do you think he's in that category? If you don't I, and, and the top – Listen, don't, I think he was one of the best hitters. He wasn't the best because I think Bonds was the best. But Vlad was definitely one of the best hitters I've seen. Hitters. I Plus, he was a great defensive player with a great arm. So, to I me, he got – I don't disagree with you, but once again – and I, I'm agreeing with you. He should be in the Hall of Fame. However, if there's a subculture to, to the Writers Association that votes, and the subculture is you have to be an elite Hall of Famer, elite Hall of Famer, to go in the first ballot, then I don't necessarily think he should have been in the first, uh, first ballot. Listen, um, if, it's a matter of opinion. I, I think he's clearly a first ballot guy in my mind. If you're wrong on that subculture, if you're wrong on that subculture, um, then, then I'd say he should but be. But it's not like that because if you look over the last 10 years, they let guys in that weren't better than him. Yeah, but did they do it in the first ballot? So yes, yeah. Changing, you're, you're changing the conversation a little bit. It's it's not whether he should be in the Hall of Fame, not whether he has the stats, not whether he, he, he has had the ability. It's whether he should be an elite Hall of Fame player, right? If, if he's an elite Hall of Fame player, excuse me. 
like I said, I liked him. I wanted the Mets to pick him up in uh, what is it, 2001 or whatever it was, 2000. You know? 2004. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And he went on to prove them wrong, right? I mean, they said he had a bad back and he won the MVP. I mean, yeah. he had the, oh, he had the, he had one of the worst. That's the Mets for you. Oh. He's one of the best hitters with the worst plate discipline I ever seen in my whole life. Right, I mean, he used to hit balls over his head and from the floor, bounce it, oh, crack it. He yeah, from had, his ankle. He had, yeah, from his ankle. He had, <laughs> he had the worst. What also made him so great, Stevie, what made him so great, too, is not only did he hit for power and he hit 318, the guy never struck out. For a guy that hits for power like him, you see guys strike out 100 times, 150 or more. The guy never struck out 100 times once. Well, in any well, well in not only that, ever. When you, when you combine that with the plate, with the lack of plate discipline, it's incredible. You would think if you had la- if you don't have plate discipline, you would strike out a lot, right? Well, it shows you the hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Uh, no, I, look, I'm not. I'm not. It's not an argument between me and you. I, I agree with you. He should be in the Hall of Fame. All I'm saying is, if the conversation is the first ballot Hall of Famers is, is the top ten percent of Hall of Famers, if that's the, the, the if, if that's the subtext then, in my opinion, he shouldn't go in first ballot. I don't think he's – because, to me, if you're the top 10% of people in the Hall of Fame, you're elite, then during your playing time, you had to dominate every year and be the best player for multiple years. And I don't know if he was because there were a lot of guys during his you know, time period that were really good. Um, he was one of the, he was probably the top five offensively um, for, for a good period of time. I don't know if he was the number one guy. He happened to be in a group that, you know. Yeah, but you're, you're not only going to put the number one guy in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, no, no, a top not, five not, player. No, no, I'm, I'm not, saying, but listen, not, but listen to me. A, a top five player of an era should, is a first down Hall of Famer. I mean, to me. I didn't say top top five of an era. I'm saying top five in all of the that time. Play, that's played. an era. Of that time, he was saying. That's an era, basically. I, I guess. I guess. Well, once again, I, I, I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the first ballot Hall of Fame, I mean, I don't know, throw it out to the callers. Is, is first first ballot considered top 10% of Hall of Fame is elite, and is he in there? I don't know. My, my opinion I think he is. No, but he's right there. So so I, I don't disagree with you. Now, on the Sosa thing you were speaking about for the earlier caller, I completely agree. Sosa should be in the Hall of Fame. It's not, and Maguire, it's not, even a, it's not even a question about it. And not only that, what they did for baseball, and what they did to re-energize, you know, my love for the game, you know, personally, and, and for America was incredible, right? And nobody was yeah. giving them up, you know, while they were doing it. And these other guys that apparently used steroids are going to eventually get in the Hall of Fame anyway. And, and these two folks, you know, paved the way. I mean, they were the icon of the steroid era, um, you know, and, and, and they, they brought, you know, a, a lot of economics back into the game. And they're part of the reason why these guys are making so much money. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So we'll see. We'll see next year. If Ryan, I'm sure he'll get in next year with Chip and Jones. And then uh, maybe Hoffman, it was close to, so maybe Hoffman gets in next year. And we'll see if, <laughs> like, the Bonds and Clemens will probably make more hay- headway. So let me ask you one more thing I before think, I let you go. I think in our lifetime, in our lifetime, in the next 10 years, we're going to see a lot of the steroid guys get in. I think what's, what's happening is the old guard is changing their thought process. The old guard is 
is maybe not voting anymore. And what's happening is it's a re, a re, uh, you know, a, a re, you know, engagement of, of maybe the younger thought process. And they don't really care about the steroids. Look, I'm in between on it. I'm a, I'm a baseball purist. I mean, you know, if, if, if when most people don't remember when Bond and Maguire did steroids, steroids was illegal to use in the United States while they were using steroids. They were doing something that was illegal. However, it wasn't on the banned substance. It wasn't illegal in baseball at the time. The other guys, the Bonds and the Clemens and those guys, they were doing it while it was illegal in baseball. So if you really want to get into the steroid conversation, I think that plays a part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah we'll see how it is going forward. One interesting thing that Eric just sent me, Eric from Canarsie, that you know, Henderson would hit the ball down the line and stop it first so he could steal second and third to pay his stats. <laughs> so, you know, you know, instead of getting you know, a triple, he would stop it first. You know, to, to, if Eric's listening, I, I, that's a fantastic point. However, he did have the ability to steal a base at will when the pitches and catches, first baseman and second baseman, the shortstop knew he was going to steal a base. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, he also, oh, has a, he also has a record for the most sports steals, too, doesn't he? In that one season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so but, he got caught quite know, a bit of times. But when you have any times that he didn't have any times he ran, I mean you're gonna get caught sometimes. So you're running over a hundred times. Well not only that, I mean imagine the team you know a guy's running. You know he's running. At some point the whole team knows he's running and he still steals the base. I mean, how how frustrating is that to a pitcher? pitching staff and a catching staff and what did that does that do mentally to to um to the to 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 the pitcher and how they approach the next hitter. You know yeah. he could have no, positively positively the rest of his team because he annoyed them so much. He yeah, might have gotten no, them off sure. tilted so bad that the third or fourth hitter in that lineup seen a lot of good pitches. A lot of fast yeah. that that number two hitter scene, right? Yes, no of course. That number two hitter so, should have so, a 300 average. So, okay, so let me ask you like, something. Tell me what you're going to say. Just like the punch conversation where you can't put statistics to how good of a defensive and overall catcher he is, Ricky Henderson, you can't put a measure on how he affected adversely the other team and positively his team by being a, 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 a terror on the base pass. I'm going to snatch catch. Yeah, well, I didn't like that, but I didn't like that. I thought I don't like showy guys so much, you know. Kind of. I said you should. I told you. I always tell you, you should have been born in the fifties. <laughs> Why should I yeah, be so born in the Make your statement. Make your statement. You're, 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 you got the old school mentality still. All right. I anyway. do. All right. Anyway, I got to move on to football, but before I let you go. I do want to ask you one more question. Predictions for today's, tomorrow's games. What do you, what do you like in the two football games tomorrow? I don't really want to say it, but I think I think I I, I would want Green Bay, but I think Atlanta. Um, and I think I want I I would like I'd like to see Pittsburgh, but I'm, I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, Belichick's going to find a way. So it's yeah. kind of against my gut. It's against my gut, but it's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a Belichick-Atlanta um, Super Bowl. 
Although I think well, the best, hopefully not. The best, the best storyline, the best storyline would be uh, uh, Brady against uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. The best storyline. Well, that's line. the Vienna, the NFL wants that. That's what the NFL wants for ratings. Uh, that's what I want. That's what I want too. I mean, I don't want to see best, New England in Super Bowl again. You know what? You know what though? They were the best team this year. They're one of the best teams. They deserve to be there. Yeah, but still, right? I, I don't want to see them there. <laughs> As a Jet fan, you really shouldn't want to see them there. Well, you know what? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't begrudge somebody because they kick our ass all over the place. You know, I think we have to get better. I mean, the Jets are a joke. I mean, they, they're actually worse than the Mets. Um, as, oh, yeah. as a management, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's deplorable the product they put on the field and the stuff they feed us as fans. It's, it's a horror scene. Yeah, it's no, a horror scene. Complete and total horror scene. Okay, bud, look, good luck with All right, man, thank stuff. you. Thanks for calling in today. Have a, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And be sure I'm calling next week because it's a big 5 0 for you. Yes, yes, definitely. Without a doubt. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Steve. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. You too. I'll be listening. Thank you. Padman from Jersey calling in good good baseball Hall of Fame talk. We had some good we did some Hall of Fame in the first hour and fifteen minutes with Eric and uh Padman. So great job guys. Thanks for calling in. Giving your input to good baseball guys that know their baseball the history of baseball, so it's always good to get their opinions on that stuff. And now we're going to switch gears for a while into the NFL playoffs, which two big games coming this tomorrow to decide who's going to the Super Bowl. Time to play the game!
Petey, what's going on, my man? Good morning, man. How you doing? Good morning, man. How's it going? Okay. I'll let you know after tomorrow how uh, it's really going after these games are played. Yeah, now big weekend ahead. So before we jump into these tomorrow games, let's just quickly look at last week's games. So we had, uh, obviously, the Seattle-Atlanta game. What were your thoughts on that one? Obviously, Atlanta pretty much took charge of that game. And to, to me, the yeah, game really turned it after that, after that big punt return by Devin Hester and that penalty. penalty. They had, they had yeah, all the, the momentum, penalty. right, until then. I think that penalty was the biggest, biggest uh, play of the game. I mean, you had Seattle that had, we'll get, was in a, they were up and they were had a really good field position to, to make the league make the lead even bigger and uh, it's just a bad penalty. I mean, every the NFL's got to do something about these uh, about these 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 uh, penalties on the kick kickoffs and punt returns because every time it's like every time you see a big return, the, you know, I'm not even looking at the play anymore. I'm looking at at the corner of the screen to see if there's a penalty flag and it, that's just yeah, not. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the NFL's not happy about that. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be thinking about that, you know. And like you said, there's so many. And, and what I really don't like is how they call penalties when the play is like on the other side of the field, too. Like it has nothing to even do with the play sometimes that they call it, which I don't like that. I think those are the type of ones you let go. You know, if you're talking about shortening the games a little and letting them play a little more, you know. But the penalties are just out of control. Between that and the pass interference calls, or every time somebody throws a bomb, I mean. It's a little over yeah, the top now. Yeah, well, the cat's out of the bag with those uh, pass interference. They're, they're horrible. They're just bad for the game. But Atlanta kept the momentum going. Ryan still, you know, having an unbelievable year. And, you know, Seattle basically. And, I, you know, I picked Seattle last week, and I was way off on that one. And, you know, basically Seattle is what they were all year, very inconsistent, on, you know, team. So, you know, that's that's – Really, what they got, and, and you know, it was, Atlanta just completely took charge of that game in the second half. It was, you know, they just completely just ran away with it. So yeah. So then, so then you had the New England pounding Texans, and you just you know, and it was actually close for the, you know the first half pretty much, but then second half New no. England just put it away, and it just Osweiler, the real Osweiler showed up. You know, the reality. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Houston's defense obviously couldn't stop Brady, and uh, you know he threw two touchdowns, and uh, you know New England's rolling right into the AFC Championship again. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, then you know then obviously we moved to Sunday and had the Packers Cowboy game, which is a great game. Well, that's uh, game one of the best games of the year. I mean that's just a great game. Yeah, so so we had Green Bay right jump out, and then Dallas rallied back. Tied it up. A great job by Prescott bringing them back. And then uh, you know, Dez had a monster game. He's showing that, you know, he's show, you know, big-time players are supposed to make big-time plays when it counts, right? And he did. He showed up, and he made his plays. He tied the game, and then, you know, they left Rodgers a little too much time, and he drove down. But, you know, I heard some talk about that all week. I'll ask your opinion on this. That when the Cowboys should have never spiked the ball with 50 seconds, they got to play where Rodgers don't get the ball back. But you really you're trying to score a touchdown there. You're not looking for a field goal to just tie it. You're trying to win the game there at that point, you know. So yeah, 
I don't think I don't think that was a bad move. Listen, the guy drove down the field, he hit that pick. They should be more concerned why they let him complete that pass to Jared Cook on third and twenty on the sidelines, right, and set up that game winning field goal more than anything else in my mind. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you at that point you you're not thinking about tying the game up. You're thinking about winning the game. You know, you don't you don't play these games to tie them. You play them to win them. And uh, you know, you got to you got to go uh, the way that you know the way that you you're taught to play. You, you know, you you're not thinking about um, you know. I mean, the one thing you could say is that you you know maybe you could uh, waste a little more time, but you're not thinking about that at that point. You you're not thinking about you know what happens after you kick a field goal and you don't want Aaron Rodgers as the ball. You're thinking about, all right, we're going to score a touchdown here. We're going to, you know, and we'll, and it's not going to be a field goal deal. It's going to be he's going to have to drive the, the field to get a touchdown to win the game. There's going to, you know, a tie at that point is not even crossing your mind. You're thinking touchdown, four-point lead, and that's it. Yeah, How do we stop over, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the complaints. I guess when teams lose, teams, fans find anything to – make an excuse, you know, they just find anything. So, you know, to me, they lost the game. You know, Rodgers just was Rodgers. That's why they lost that game. I mean, they made a nice comeback. They, you know, but Rodgers made the plays, the last plays. He had the ball in his hand last, and he made the plays. And he gave Crosby some credit, right, for the two big kicks he had. And he had two clutch kicks in the final minutes. So, you know, we got to give him credit, too, for that. So, Rodgers is just playing at an unbelievable level right now. Another one of these uh, indoor games where you have no uh, weather effects. So yeah, you you close the roof. Yeah. You know you you leave it up to you know you make things easier for both teams. You know both teams had great kickers. Bailey's a great kicker, and so is uh you know and so is uh, Crosby. And you know you leave the roof open, re- close the roof up. You know you play one of these um, you know one of these uh, generic games that are played indoors. You know and that that's what happens. There you go, right? <laughs> and then, you know, obviously, and then you know, they're going to be playing Atlanta now in the Dome as well. So that'll be another Dome game, right? So Yeah. So that'll be a We're going to talk about that game in a minute. Let's just quickly, we'll go to the Pittsburgh Chiefs game. So Pittsburgh, 18-16, hold on to beat them, to beat the Chiefs. And it just seems like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but if you watch, like, Andy Reid and, and stuff, like even I noticed this in the game, and I heard them talking about this on the radio the other day, that even his plays were coming in late. It seems like in the playoffs, everything changes for him. Like, he couldn't even get his plays in on time in that game. Yeah. I, just, I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess Andy Reid does call the plays. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, you got to – you got to be more prepared, and you know you want to. Anything you want to get your your plays out there. You know you're going to get your plays called earlier than normal because, you know, to me the longer you, I, I know this is a, an argument. The longer you stand at that line of scrimmage and you give the and you, and you let the clock wind down and you, and you know you're snapping the ball with three seconds, two, one second. Uh, to me that 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 helps the defense. It doesn't do much for the offense. I mean. If it was me, I, if I was coaching, I would want to get my call, play calls in and snap the ball as soon as possible because you let the defense get settled. You mean, you, the offense? To me, the offense has the um, to me the offense has the advantage. You know, the quicker you snap the ball, you know, rather than the longer you're standing at the line because you, you also 
you're also leaving yourself open to false starts, uh, delay games, you know. And it, and if you snap the ball every time with one second left, one you know three two seconds left, you know, you, the defense knows you're not you know either you're gonna take a take a delay game or you know or, or you snap the ball. Like, you know, you give the advantage to the defense when the offense should have the advantage. Yeah, and you know, when the defense gets. Defense gets a chance to get itself set too at that point, especially if they know you're snapping it. It's like you said, two one every time. They're just gonna wait and time you out at that point. You know, yeah, so. exactly. You can't even you take the cadence out of play. You can't even try to draw them off sides because they know they know you're gonna snap it. You know, at at a, at a certain time. So I mean, I mean, to me, it's just silly. I mean, I don't know what goes on with Andy Reid. You know, maybe he puts too many plays. Maybe he should. Uh, Shorten the playbook a little more once the playoffs start. I mean, it's not like he has an offensive juggernaut as it is. You know, yeah. I, I don't get it. I didn't get it. And I know people, a lot of people are on the way, bandwagon early in the year, but Chiefs clearly missed Charles, uh, you know, a healthy Jamal oh. Charles in it, you know. Yeah, well, Charles in their offense. His, his career's over. They're going to have to look to draft a, draft a running back if they're not happy with where because Charles is done. Started, what, 32 years old? Yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from another injury now, right? Mm-hmm. And he probably will get a chance somewhere, but, you know, his days of being a top runner probably are gone. Yeah, but, uh, I think he had some dumb plays, like Kelsey pushing the guy after the play, getting a super 15-yard penalty. You know, guys like that. And I've seen Houston really lay into him on the sidelines after that. Like, you, you just got to be smarter as a player. You can't take those stupid penalties. The good teams don't take those penalties. You know, the winning teams don't take those penalties in those spots. Yeah, and, I, again, I mean, I, how, can I not do, how can I disagree with that? You know, it's true. In the second straight week, Le'Veon Bell breaks his playoff rushing record, steal a rushing record, 170 yards. So he's, he's, he's on top of his game right now. So, it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow to see if Pittsburgh's, you know, big three could, you know, keep this game interesting because, you know, a lot of people call him Ben the weak link right now of Pittsburgh, which, I, you know, I'm not ready to say he's a weak link at this point. I still think Ben can make plays when he has to. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't sleep on Ben making some big plays in this game. But, uh so moving moving to tomorrow now. So what is what is your keys to Pittsburgh New England tomorrow? Well, well, to me it's going to be interesting what they try to take away from Pittsburgh. Are you going to try to take away Le'Veon Bell, or are you going to try and take away the you know the passing game? I mean, they're not going to let them. They're not. You would assume they're not going to let them. You know, they're going to try and take away one of them. I mean, I, and. I would think that the, that New England's going to try and take away Bell and you know and make Big Ben try to beat him, which to me, it's a mistake because you know you, you make a mistake, you try to, you know you you're taking um, whether you want him to nickel and dime you you know up and down the field or whether you're going to open yourself up to a 70 yard touchdown pass. To me, I'd rather I'd rather you know play the run a little soft, you know, and uh, try and take away Ben and you know Brown and you know. I know the you know he doesn't have all his weapons there, but you know what guys like Ben Roethlisberger make make guys better. So I mean I would try if it was me I would try and you know I would make them you know you know try to run the ball you know and take take more times and you know take more time off the clock and uh, you know also when you when you um 
you know, when you nickel and dime a, a, a team down the field, you know, you, you leave yourself open to mistakes, whether it be a turnover or penalties. So I would try, personally, if it was me, I would take, try and take away the passing game. But uh, I don't know. I would I would think that Belichick's going to probably try and take away Bell because simply he's just been dominating the playoffs. Yeah, an interesting stat, too. The Patriots have a 24-game streak of not allowing a player to get 90 rushing yards or more. So, so that's an interesting stat. And and another stat, Tom Brady has 19 touchdowns and zero interceptions in his past six games. His past six games against the Steelers. So 19 touchdowns and zero interceptions against the Steelers. So that's, those are stats that are hard to ignore. And the Patriots have won six straight home playoff games. And, you know, but the Steelers, look, the Steelers have an improved rush defense, and their CS offensive line is playing great. So I think it's going to – I, 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 I to be honest, I think Pittsburgh can win this game. I, I think they can upset them, yeah. I mean, I'm picking yeah. Pittsburgh. I, I picked I mean, them no, to make I'm the Super Bowl. 27-21 Pittsburgh. I'm not going to pick against them. I picked them to make the Super Bowl before the season started, and you know what, I'm going to, you know – you know, I'm not going to change it now. You know, maybe if I was a betting and I was getting six points, it would be a different story. But, you know, uh, I'm picking Pittsburgh, you know, to win the game outright. Okay, so we're both taking Pitt. And now Green Bay, Atlanta. Another, listen, another great matchup. Two high-scoring teams. They played a great game earlier this year where the Falcons won 33-32 in the final minute. They didn't have Cobb, Cook, or Montgomery in that game, the Packers, either. But they may be short on receivers, right, because they have some injury concerns here, the Packers. Right, Allison, well, Allison's not banged gonna... up. Uh, Adams is banged yeah. up, right? And we all know Nelson probably not playing. So Yeah, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that Adams and Allison are going to are going to probably play. You know, whatever, you take the ankle up, you take a shot, and you play the game. That's the way, you know, that's the way they do it in the NFL. I would think they're going to play, you know, and plus, you know what, this is, you know, you lose, there is no tomorrow, and you know what, and if you win, you get the extra week to, you know, to recover. So, I would yeah, assume they're no both going to be sitting out games, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, tape yourself up and get on the field. I'm actually going to pick, yeah. I'm going to pick Atlanta. I think, I think Atlanta... I know Green Bay's the hot team and, and the popular pick here, but I think Atlanta actually caught a break getting a home game here. And I think that might be the key to finally get this team into a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been riding Atlanta all year, so I'm not going to stop now. And plus, I had Green Bay out of the playoffs. I had them losing already, so I can't pick, you know, to my, at least to my logic, I can't pick them, so. I'm going to go Arizona, Arizona, Atlanta, and uh, Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. Me too. So we got the same Super Bowl here. And, you know, interesting stats here. The Falcons are averaging 35 points a game at home this year. And the Packers are averaging 35.3 points over the last four games. You know, and now you have, you know, Ryan's playing, you know, having a great year, right? The guys have an unbelievable year, Ryan. You know, he, he, they got five wins in a row dating back to the regular season. He scored 15 touchdowns and no interceptions over that time. Right. If he plays turnover free ball, I think they I think they'll definitely could win this game. And I think they'll get a running back Freeman and Coleman as well in this game. And uh I, I think the Falcons are gonna win twenty eight twenty four. I think uh I think they're gonna pull this one out. 
What would you be your big key to this game? Well, I mean, if Atlanta could run the ball for for eighty yards or more, to me, I don't think they they, they you know Green Bay could stop them. But you know what, Green Bay has a great defensive line, you know, and they per, play pretty stout against the run. But uh, to me, that's the key. If Atlanta could run the ball, because you know Green, I mean, at least to my at least to my estimation, Green Bay's not stopping them passing the ball. So if they could stop them. If they could, if Atlanta could, you know, could open up some holes, you know, and, and get like 80, 80 to one hundred yards rushing the ball. To me, it's going to make it uh pretty hard for Green Bay to. Green Bay is going to have to score thirty five or more points. I mean, they're totally capable of doing it, but they're going to have to. They're going to put a lot of pressure on their offense to score score a lot of points. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know, to me that's the key right there. If Atlanta could, if Atlanta could run the ball, you know, and then Green Bay's side. I guess um you know if they could run the ball because you know uh, they seem to be doing it you know what with uh you know patch you know just patchwork you know running backs you know just getting them in and out nobody really the key on you know between uh Montgomery and uh I guess uh Christine Michael you know and and if they if they could run if they could run the ball then that that you know that's a big deal for them too so. We both know we. Everyone pretty much knows that both teams are going to pass the ball, and they're very capable of passing the ball all over the place. And you know what? Um, I, I like Atlanta. I like the home field advantage. I've pretty much have been on Atlanta, you know, most of the year once the season started, and liked what they've yeah. seen, what I've seen from them. So I'm not gonna, not gonna, I'm not gonna take my foot off the the gas pedal just yet. Maybe we'll no, wait for the Super Bowl. You got to stick with what you what you predicted. And, and it's coming to fruition for you as well. So, all right. So, go, I want to go back in a second. I want to go back here to the – I can get this yeah, this thing to go. I don't know what's going on with my laptop here. But hold on one second. See, just going back to going back to the Pittsburgh game. So, we're going to bring uh, Alan in with us. Alan hey, guys. Goldberg. What's up, Alan? We got you on. All right, good. I'm having trouble clicking the yep. thing for some reason. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm excited for tomorrow's game. I'm hoping both of you are right and somehow the Steelers pull this off. When when you look at all the stats that you're talking about, Brady's success against the Steelers, the Steelers have struggled during the season. In postseason, they just struggle with the Patriots and lose. So it's, it's an upset in my mind, for Steelers to win. You know, a lot past games you could say don't matter, but there's a trend there. So your mind would tell you if you're betting, go Patriots. But I'm hoping they can't stop Bell. Like, that's it's going to come down to that and something people don't talk about. I know you guys mentioned it a week ago. Guys like Shazier and on the Steelers' defense, I think it's going to weigh a lot on the Steelers' defense. So much focus is on uh, Brown, Bell, and Ben. Because that's their whole, the heart of their offense, and they're still missing a wide receiver suspended. And I don't think Ladarius Green is going to play. He's had a big impact in their passing game in the few games he has played, as far as touchdowns at least. And like him not playing last week, we didn't get in the end zone. They they can't do that and win against the Patriots. I just couldn't see that happening. Yeah, you got to get like touchdowns. Like all field goals, week, not field goals. Yeah, no, you have to score yeah. touchdowns this week. That's last, last no week, doubt their about contentness. That. Them being content to kick field goal after field goal instead of going for it on fourth or trying to score a touchdown, they showed a lot of confidence in their defense that they would, would be able to hold Kansas City. 
Which I don't know if the Kansas City Heat offense either. I would, yeah, also I, look, I, I would also think that the, that, that, that Tomlin's going to be much more aggressive. I, I think pretty much last yeah. week they, they thought they could handle Kansas City's offense. So they called the game maybe a little different. Plus you had uh, weather involved, you know, the field conditions weren't great. So I think you would see a little, we're going to see a little more of an aggressive uh, Pittsburgh offense. Sorry, Alan, go ahead. Yeah, no, that, I, I agree with you. That, like the game plan for KC, it worked out. It was right. That same game plan or, you know, mentality going into the game is going to have to be different versus the Patriots. You know, you can't trade field goals for touchdowns. They'll get clobbered. And it's like they've been an on-and-off team on the road. They've played to a decent level at home consistently. On the road, they've been on-and-off. I'm going to figure it's the playoffs. They will not be off. They'll make a game out of it. Um, and I, I saw something interesting about Brady. Um and it was from the Texas game and some highlights it was shown on Steelers.com. When the way to rattle him, like blitzes from the outside, he kills it. Pressuring him from the inside, almost all his sacks come from somebody straight up the middle. And that's yeah, like a yeah, yeah, straight, get, straight into his chest. Straight up the straight middle. Straight into his right. chest. You have to beat the two yeah. inside the center. You have to beat them. And they probably know this. He's uncomfortable when someone comes up the middle arm. So they got really good at stopping that. But Texas did get through a few times, and the, the highlights I saw were right up the middle. He tends to roll left to right and try to come back to the middle and throw the ball, and that's how you rattle him. That's his tendencies. If I could find a weakness in the guy, that would be it. And probably the same yeah. weakness for any quarterback if someone's coming up the middle on you. But you think a guy like Rodgers will just roll left or right, and he's very comfortable throwing the ball. Brady, not so comfortable. He wants to get back to the middle before he throws it. So you probably see some inside blitzes with Shazir and some different things to maybe take advantage of that. Um, yeah. The last game they played was different from the most. He usually has 50 pass attempts, at least when he plays Pittsburgh. They throw the ball over, and that's his 19 touchdowns, no interceptions. He has such a successful rate at, a great rate of doing that. The last time, Blunt had 127 yards and two touchdowns. So it'll be interesting to see the game plans for both teams, what they come out with. I agree Tomlin's going to be more aggressive. Brown's going to have to do a little more. And we'll see if they can stop Bell. If you stop him on the run, they'll throw to him. They they have to find a way to keep him in the game. I agree. I'll tell you, another big matchup for me is Brady against the the young secondary of Pittsburgh. You know, how's the young secondary going to handle this game too, you know? I think that's going to be a big part as well. Yeah, you got two rookies playing back there, right? Davis and yeah. Burns. So you know see Brady's what... going to test them. Brady's definitely going to test them. You know that. Test them, yeah. Probably test them early. And if he gains confidence and he's fooling them, it could be a long day for the yeah. defense. If he sees a matchup he really likes, I guess that's going to be the case. Right. I also think I also think this is going to be the first time you're going to see the the Patriots miss Gronkowski because um you know he's kind of a safety blanket for them and to me the pressures on uh New England's got to score points because I think I think Pittsburgh's going to score twenty twenty four or more points so I think mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to be the first game where he actually misses Gronkowski so we'll yeah, see that after see that. I've been waiting for that game over the last few weeks to come. But I could definitely see that coming eventually. The missing Gronkowski. It's got it's some at some point it's gonna happen. I agree. Now, you yeah, guys they're games, right? And he, they struggle. You can just go to the guy if there's a mismatch. He's absolutely a safety blanket. There's not like no one in the league like him. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he could just box. You know, I mean, he could just get fine. Even when he's not open, he's open. You know, like it's like yeah. You know, once so once you're inside the twenty, he can box people out, throw on the ball. Yeah. What do you guys think about what happened during the week with this whole uh, Antonio Brown comment that was like screamed on social media? I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Do you think it has any impact on the game at all? I mean, you know. I would say anything impact on social media, impact on the actual game. Is that going to make you plan your game any different in how you want to stop Brown? No. Is it going to inspire Brown? Like, he apologized for it. I think he realized he did something that yeah. was a distraction. But I don't think it's anything more than a distraction. Immediate distraction. Yeah, I, I think both locker rooms I just think solid. it was somebody, you know, these guys just love social media. He, had, he was on there. He, you know, he, the timing of it was wrong. He should have did it during the speech, Tomlin's speech, obviously. Right. So I think that's what it was. And Tomlin obviously wasn't happy about it. And, yeah. you, know, he took, you know, he took exception. But I'm sure they had a talk and they moved on, you know. I'm sure, like Roethlisberger said, it's water under the bridge now. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably they moved past it and they're ready to play football. To me, I don't think it has any impact on the game itself. I, I just don't see that in my opinion. Yeah, I'll tell him airing. The, the locker room is something he's done the entire season. It's not like he waited to right now. It's just the first time he was filming somebody while Tomlin was still talking in the background, and it got caught. But it, it's not something new for Brown. It's not something he just decided to do this week. If you want to see what happens in the locker room, as soon as the press conference is over, Brown's airing it. That's just what he does. He, he actually yeah. walks around and interviews players. After the media is done, I mean, he did it too early. Hopefully, he learned his lesson. So, you know, no distractions. They don't need any distractions playing the Patriots. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think you guys mentioned it too. The game the league would want would be Brady versus Rodgers. So, like, they can't go into this game expecting any calls going their way. Yeah. You know, it's in New England, so they got the home field advantage. But the league will tend to push for things that will make money. And I would have to think they'll view that as a highly rated game and a moneymaker. I, I think Pittsburgh versus Green Bay would be a highly rated Super Bowl, too. It was the last time they faced. It was a highly rated Super Bowl, but yeah, we'll see. The other side, you but have think, two very qualified teams. Well, I think one Green thing that, that could bode well maybe for Pittsburgh, too, is that Houston got a, seemed to get a lot of pressure on Brady last week. You know, Houston yeah. did a good job. The guy Marcellus hit Brady a few good times. And uh, so, you know, the way Harrison's been playing, I mean, Harrison's been all over the place in the playoffs. And I know I mentioned this to you, Alan. It was great to see. As soon as the plane landed from Kansas City, Harrison went right to the gym to work out. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's actually Harrison's really shoulder and something else. He was He's listed as questionable, but they're saying game time decision. There's no way. He's gonna sit out the game, so he's playing. Yeah. What were you telling me that he puts like what, like four thousand dollars a day into his body? And uh, yeah, and that, that's what his estimated cost. Between nutrition, personal trainers, like his whole diet, they they said that's, it's about four grand nuts, a day. Four thousand a day, Jesus Christ! To be playing at his age, I guess that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, and listen, he's that's playing just at to be playing at his age. The level that he's playing at, you know, and I'm figuring he's retiring in a year, and he keeps coming back. So he yeah, hasn't mentioned it. He was going to retire a couple of years ago. Yeah, when he when he 
first left and he was going to retire, went to the Bengals. A couple years later, he's back. It's he's an amazing athlete. I'll give him that much. He's dedicated to the game. Yeah, no, for sure. So, Pete, what do you think? Like, other than the obvious names, who do you think like could be like a key player in this game? And uh, um, let's see, y'all. I mean, to me, it's a new it's a new secondary. You could have those two those nineteen in touchdowns and no interceptions, but to me. It's a new defense. I mean, to me, they're both not rookies anymore. Once you get to the championship game in your first year, you know, you're really not, you're really not a rookie in my, you know, my, in my book, you know. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Brady will have his successes in the game. But I just still, I just think that they're, they're that they're uh, they're Artie Burns and Sean Davis. They're both incredible athletes, and you know, and they bring a lot, bring a lot to the secondary. And to me, it's just a, you know, it's it's just a new, it's it's you know, it's just a you know, a new a, a new team, a new team defensively. So I mean, if they can get some success early, you know, get some confidence, and you know, maybe put a little bit of a. Um, Put a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of shakiness into Brady's head. To me, I think I think it's huge. I I think the first like uh, two or three possessions are going to be huge in this game. I mean, that that's what I think personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's big for Pittsburgh to jump out, maybe get an early touchdown, right, and get some confidence, and you know, you don't want to fall behind. And, and here's another thing. I mean. We don't know. I mean, this is New England. You know, New England. We don't know what New England, you know, offensively in their rushing game are going to. Are they going to go with Blunt and try to try to mash Pittsburgh? Are they going to go with, uh, you know, uh, with James White and you know throw the ball over the place? Or are they going to are they going to go with the other guy? You know, and uh, you know, there's three different running backs that bring a lot a lot of different things to the table. We don't know what you know what the game plan is, obviously, and you know, it's going to be. Uh, to me, I think they're going to try. Personally, I think they're going to try and mash them, you know, early in the first half with Blunt and try to run them over and you know and wear them out for the second half. But you never know with Belichick, you know, and, and what they're going to do offensively. So to me, that's if you want to pick, if you want to pick, um, you know, a specific player. I mean, it's going to be whichever running back they try to throw at throw at Pittsburgh in the first half. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Good point. Al, what do you think? Who do you think could be yeah, a, key, a, a key guy other than, like, the yeah, obvious? Other than, yeah, well, the obvious would be Bell, right? But I would and, – and obvious to me is Ben. He's been throwing his two picks a week, and that's got to stop. Like, the, the Patriots also have a good turnover ratio, right, interceptions to them turning the ball over. Um, they're good at taking the ball from the team. So if Ben comes out and throws some picks and has an off day – it's going to be a long day for Pittsburgh if he comes out and plays his game of the season, just doesn't throw no turnovers, leave it up to Brown and Bell. Um, I mean, that's how they win. That's how they've been winning all season. I don't, I don't know if I've seen a team successfully shut the both of them down. I think that's pretty hard to do. If you really all focus on Bell, it leaves it open downfield. It'll be interesting. If I'm looking away from Brown, Bell, and Ben, maybe the tight end, one of the two tight ends, Jesse or Gimble, seem to make some plays or get a touchdown once in a while. So maybe I'm looking there on the offense. I, I, I yeah. don't know if Ladarius Green is going to play. He, he is their best tight end. 
And I kind of got a feeling they're holding him off for the potential Super Bowl. And then, you know, other guys got to step up. But then he would get an extra week now. off, too, right? So he would get an extra yeah. week off. He didn't play last week. He's clearly got a concussion problem. I don't know how many games the guy got left in him. But he has a huge impact on on the offense. He, he has when he's played. 40-yard catches and more. So I, I would like, if they get to a Super Bowl, I'd love to see him play. I, I can't see him staying sitting out three, four weeks and still not being ready. You might as well cut the guy. Yeah, no, I agree. So this is a matchup. And then just going to the other game for a second of a key guy from both of you mm-hmm. guys. Alan, since you were talking, you could keep going. Uh, a, key, a key guy in the Atlanta Green Bay game, other than the obvious big name. You know, it's it's tough. I, I know Atlanta scores. They have, what, 38 a game, the, their stretch, and what Green Bay's been doing now. I, Atlanta's shot to me is they're at home. You know, and someone on the team, it's hard to even pick somebody, even an, an obvious person, a Julio Jones or something. But it, it's it's hard to, to pick it. They, they spread the ball, Atlanta. You don't score 38 a week with going to one guy. You just – it doesn't happen in this league. Yeah. So – uh, Gabriel, Gabriel's been a nice pickup. If the home team wins, is that an upset? <laughs> you know, or is Green Bay pushing themselves to get where they are, pushing it? Rodgers is carrying them. They keep pushing it. And now they're finally going to face an offense that's going to match a little better than their offense. Well, Rodgers you know, is definitely carrying them in my mind. I mean, you're talking about the completed yeah. secondary they got. So their receivers are all hurt. And they're still with they their running game ain't as team great, and they're still winning games. I mean, the guy is just he's amazing. Uh, he really is. And, and you know, it was interesting what, what you, exactly what you just mentioned. They're depleted secondary, and I thought Dallas would come out and expose it right away. And their secondary came out, and they're diving for balls and blocking things right in front of a receiver's hands. And I'm like, secondary doesn't look so bad. But by the end of the game, Dallas caught up. So I'm. Yeah, the funny thing I'm was. I've seen – and during that game yeah. on social media, all you've seen was people – was 21-3. I see people on Facebook calling for Romo to come in the game for Dallas. And, you know, and then smartly they did because the other guy ended up bringing them back. Yeah, it was the smartest they made. Prescott's their guy. There's no reason to bring yeah. Romo in anymore, period. They didn't lose the game because of the quarterback play. Quarterback playing the running back actually got them back in. The game was a really exciting game. You know, even after watching that game, I was like, is this where I'm going to choose? Is even going to be that fun to watch? Yeah. Like, it yeah, was like a good game. Said, that was probably one of the best games of the year. Yeah, it was. Like, if you're a Cowboy fan, they put up a, a, a hell of a fight. If your team's going to lose, it's that way. You don't want to see them lose 42-7, to some kind of – game where it's over in the fourth quarter and nobody's watching anymore. In the first quarter, nobody's watching anymore. Dallas made that an exciting game. Putting in Romo, even same result lose, the controversy you have going into next season, they don't need it. It's done with Prescott. It's Prescott's their guy. Yeah, now they know, you know, that he's battle-tested in the playoffs, that he, that he could rally them back, you know? Yeah, you know, now they need to win a game where everything's working. You know, they didn't work immediately. The defense was – I thought Green Bay's pass defense secondary was playing over their head early. He didn't get rattled. He stuck to it, and they came back. You know, they didn't win, but he proved something to me. 
Uh, and he also made a lot of throws that we thought he couldn't make. You know, he, he stood in the pocket and he made those throws that, uh, you know, that we thought that he wasn't making earlier in the season. So, I mean, it just mm-hmm. shows you if repetition of practice. I mean, you're a different player. You're no longer a w- rookie. And, you you know, I, to me, I've seen, I've seen things from him that I didn't see the first uh, – Say, I say in the first six games of the year that he couldn't do. So, to me, there's not even a question who's your quarterback going forward. That brings a yeah. question. Where, 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 where do you think maybe, like, the most likely destinations for Tony Romo? Oh, best place for him would have been Denver, but they're saying no interest. Well, the problem him, is, that's too, you can't just you can't just trade him because of his salary, right? So he's has to rework his deal or he's going to get released, right? One or the other, pretty much. So odds are he's going to get released, most likely. But Joe, will Jones just let him leave for nothing? That's the thing I don't think he'll do. You know, Pete, right? Well, what do you think of that? But then he's got himself a $20 million backup quarterback. And if if, he, if he's going to play that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could happen. Sense. Nobody's trading for that contract. Nobody. You'd have to be insane to trade for that for that for that contract. Insane. For a guy that's probably going to hurt his back at some point. For a guy, yeah, who's going to have no impact on your team whatsoever. I mean, this guy, I can see him getting traded to a team getting hurt, getting injured in the preseason. If the team allows him to play in the preseason, I can see I can see his season being over before it even starts. So, that's it. Yeah. You know? I agree. I mean, to me, to me, if you're asking me where where, where Romo's like, to me, he's sitting on his couch next year watching the games. I mean, that's personally the best place for him. For his, for his health and his back, and if the guy wants to walk and have a life after football, it'd be the smartest thing he could do. I mean, how many times are you going to hurt your back before you have a serious, serious permanent issue? And every time he gets sacked, those on the field, it's it's – he looks like he's paralyzed. So I don't think his body can take it anymore. So retiring for him, personally, it's time to put the game behind you. Yeah, they're saying maybe, like, uh, you know, if he was to go somewhere, maybe the Texans. I mean, the Texans would actually be a good spot, but the Texans just gave Osweiler all that money. So he's not. they're not going to give Romo a lot of money. But I guess if Romo gets released, he really can't expect a big contract. Unless somebody stupidly gives it to him, like the Jets or something, right? I mean, that'll be the death of his career. I mean, the only way he would go to the Jets probably is if the Jets completely overpaid it, right? I mean, he's not going to go to Jets for less money, you know. Like you said, Denver's probably the spot he really wants to go to, but Denver's shown no indication that they want him. But then again, Elway could change his mind. Elway, who knows what Elway was going through his mind, you know? But All right, if he shows interest, it's going to cost him. So he might just be saying that. Yeah. Texas, you're right, so, though. That actually would be a decent spot. So, Alan, I know you're picking Pittsburgh because that's your team. I mean, people pick Pittsburgh. Who do you pick in the other game? Who would you pick in, who do you pick in, in the Green Bay-Atlanta game? Uh, you know, a tough one, but I think a high-scoring game by the end of the game, probably – Whenever I expect a high-scoring game, the first quarter doesn't work out that way. But by the end of the fourth, I'm expecting both teams near 30. Um, maybe Atlanta pulling it out. I don't know how much magic Rodgers can have to ca- like keep carrying a team. 
And the way Dallas did come back 14 points, I think there should be enough game film on there for Atlanta to know what didn't work and what worked. And if they come out playing over the heads, weather the storm, you're going to score. Yeah. If it was in Green Bay, I'd say Green Bay's going to the Super Bowl, but that it's not in Green Bay. All three of us are saying Pittsburgh, Atlanta. To me, also, I think they beat the best team. The best team they're going to face, you know, until the Super Bowl. I think they beat that best team, you know, last week in Seattle, the most complete team. So, and also the hardest quarterback. I know Aaron Rodgers, you know, is you know is you know playing fantastic. But if you if you put two quarterbacks in a, in, a, in a phone booth. And you know, and, you, and you're going to ask which team, which which quarterback is harder to defend? To me, Russell Wilson is the harder quarterback to defend because of the running ability. Not that Aaron Rodgers doesn't, you know, doesn't run the ball, but you know, Russell will. They actually call plays for Russell Wilson to um, run the ball. So, and I, mean, I think they enough about that. And interesting enough, like for the first half of the year, he wasn't running right because he had the knee injury, right? But towards the end of the year, he really was. And last week, he had a couple of nice games on the ground, Russell Wilson, in that game. So right. you could see the confidence came back with his knee because he is more of the dual threat these days because of what he could do outside. He's younger as well. So, he could, you know, he's younger than Rodgers, too. So, but, yeah. Hey, per- I, I, personally, I think calling running plays for quarterbacks is a great way to shorten their career. But I think you could do that maybe the first two years with somebody. And then at some point, you don't call it if they see it and they want to run it and get a first down and run it and slide. That's usually what I see Brady doing. If it's open, he takes it and gets there. You don't call it. You let them use their instincts to do it. The only quarterback I see where they've successfully done it is Newton just because he's so darn big. And and they still call a lot of running plays for him. But in the long run, that's just a gamble. Yeah. Quarterbacks really should be reading a defense and – you know, audibling and throwing the ball accurately, more so than running. Running, to me, should be their last resort. If a guy got talent and he sees it as a last resort, he'll Especially get now, more yards than the next the guy. Hits, right, with all the hits and yeah. guys get hurt. I mean, you know, you, really you don't want to see your quarterback get hit at all at this point. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, listen, we got two, we got two great matchups tomorrow. So we should have two. What's the what's the weather looking like in New England? It's at forty two and it's with a chance of rain. It's not too bad. No, the wind, the most important you gotta check the wind. Yeah, the wind, the wind, the wind, is, wind is always important. It's a very uh it says the wind's gonna be eight to eleven uh, miles per hour northeast northeast. So uh not, not huge. Not not huge. Yeah. Looks like weather's not going to be a huge factor tomorrow. Yeah, because the next day, Monday, is supposed to be really bad. Here and there, like at the East Coast, we're supposed to get a bad storm on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like rain and like the same 60 mile an hour winds here on Monday. So if you're lucky that ain't happening there on Sunday night, because that would have been 60 mile an hour wind. Yeah. That was going to change the whole. I'll tell you one thing, that might have favored Pittsburgh because the running game might have came down to the running games then. But like I was telling, I don't know if you heard before, Alan, I was telling Pete, New England hasn't allowed a, a rusher over 90 yards, a guy to rush over 90 yards in 24 games. That's another that's interesting huge, yeah. And that's a big test to see who's going to win that battle. 
mm-hmm. right? So who's going to win that battle between uh, Bell and the defensive front of New England? Well, the offensive line, who's been playing great for Pittsburgh, you know, can they keep muscling them around like that? You know, muscle New England around like they've been muscling everybody else the last two weeks. Cause, I mean, you're talking about 160 and 170 yards rushing the last two weeks, right? Right. For, uh, Bell. Yeah, Bell. Uh, Bell's on a roll. You have to give some credibility there because the Dolphins had with a giant great running game this year. And if they held him 90 both games, yeah. That says yeah, something. A lot yeah. Yeah, their defense actually averaged uh, 88.6 yards on the ground per, year, per game, uh, New England. Yeah, so I, I would think they'd be fairly confident in stopping Bell, although we can throw to him, too. In, in the end, for Bell, it's not many yards he gets rushing, it's just how many yards he gets, period. You know, the one game yards, this yeah. season where they abandoned him was a Dolphin game, and the Steelers was bad during the season. They, they gave up on it. I'm hoping I don't see that, like that. It's just because they stop him a few times. He's been their offense. And I'll say something half jokingly, half true. When you're playing the Patriots, the hardest thing for a team to figure out is how they're cheating you. <laughs> but there's still just that history there in my mind. Their headsets are going to turn off during the game happens. Every time they play there, right at crucial points, Patriots take advantage of it. Everything possible they could take advantage of to win a game. Hey, you want to you want to hear of the home field? Full advantage of their home field advantage. I have a great stat for you guys. They they fumbled the ball three times last week. I think that's about five years worth of fumbles. You know when they cheated and used the deflated balls because they never they've never fumbled the ball. And you know and it's it's interesting how last week they used the. You know, they couldn't deflate the balls and cheat. They fumbled the ball five times. They didn't lose all three fumbles, but they, they fumbled the ball three times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting. It's things like that that make you wonder, right, sometimes. Oh, it's just yeah. things like that to prove that they've been cheating for the last uh, 20 years or how long have Belichick's been there. Yeah. I know when you, you say that to any Patriot fan, it's an annoying thing to hear. But I'm like, it's not even hearsay. It's Some of it's proven cheating. Actually, your team's been you know, penalized for it. And yeah, to the league, yeah. all this stuff, and you guys are talking about baseball and guys cheating and taking advantage or, uh, you know, an unfair advantage versus the other team. This organization has a 10-year history of it. It's just known at this point, and it's in many ways completely overlooked. It's okay. It's a, Yeah, I agree. And, 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 you know, they got at some point, that's why you can't. You gotta root against them. Like, why anybody roots for New England other than a Patriot fan? Like, if you're rooting for, I, I just don't get it. Because how can you want this team to win? Uh, you know, again. Yeah, I agree with you. And you had your, your Jets fan on earlier saying, you know, you don't wish them bad because they beat on the Jets. That bad man. But I, oh, I can't agree. You're a Dolphin fan. It's gotta be the last. I don't want to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl or the Bengals or the Browns. These are my division rivalries. Yeah, if they were, Chiefs, a, right? a, a, you don't want to see the Broncos or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl either, right? I mean, like that's just you know. Never. You know what else I don't want to see? I don't want to see two weeks of press conferences with Bill friggin' Belichick saying absolutely uh, yeah. nothing. I I just uh, can't. I just I uh, I can't. I, I just don't want to deal I with that. I hate the week. I hate the week off as it is because you get two weeks of yeah. a hype now, and they dissect it. You get so sick of it by the time, and you're just waiting for the game to happen already because you're sick of hearing about it. It's true. 
Uh, before I let you guys go, I'm going to have a, one call it again. Are you guys down with that? Book some, uh, we got a Cowboy fan calling in here. Let him on. It's her. Oh, let her on. Christine, you there? Yeah. What's going on? Hey. What's up? You know, I'm Pete and Allen are on, too. What's going on? Who's on? Pete and Allen. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. Hello. What's going well, First of all, first of all. You're talking football. Though, I know, you're talking football. You're talking, I heard you're talking about. But I have to say, before any any kind of sports that we're going to talk, I think it's disgraceful right now that all these people are protesting against the president right now in Washington, New York, Chicago, Massachusetts. This man isn't even president 24 hours. Like, are you kidding oh, me? Oh, it's sickening. It's sickening. This is disgusting that they're crying, allowed to do this. They're screaming, they're screaming outside the White House when he was, you know when he was getting inaugurated yesterday. Say, I mean, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they say that um, Trump is going to destroy the world. Meanwhile, they're burning things. They're freaking breaking things. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? This is disgusting yeah. and disgraceful. What kind of? What about that lady? You heard about that lady on Staten Island uh, Saturday Night Live said about the, the kid? Yeah. What did she Alan, say? Did you hear about that, that Alan? What happened? Yeah. The lady from about Saturday Night Live tweeted that. The kid Baron, the ten-year-old, is going to be the first homeschool shooter, like killing people. Like, wow! Wow! Like, they're continuing basically, mentally messed up. Like, and he's going to become like a killer, like a shooter. It's just disgraceful. It's disgraceful. He's got to get fired. I think, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, No way. They'll probably they'll probably give her a raise, dude. Uh, Don't look for that. She'll probably get a raise. The media is going nuts over it, though. But then again, the media is all for. Against him, so it really don't matter. Yeah, the media's right? against him because they're 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 airing all of this live right now, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, why, 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 why? It's like you're promoting you're promoting anarchy. That's what they're doing. They're promoting anarchy by by giving these people any a, a platform. Just let them do it. You don't have to put it on TV because it's just gonna get more of it. I mean, you just give yeah, them like a platform. Says, they're promoting this violence, right? It's like. I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, he's the president. Deal with it. What do you what do you think you're gonna accomplish? Except stirring up the pot more and causing more well, riots. Well more the funniest problems. thing was what else are you gonna accomplish? Watching their reactions yesterday outside when they were protesting when he was, you know, getting sworn in and they were crying like right. their world just ended, like they didn't know this was happening. like they were still holding out in their sick minds, they were still holding out hope that they were gonna like Last second, stop him from being president, like in their minds. Like, like, no, it was over. He's the president. It's time to move on. Like they said in the beginning of the show. Yeah, there's only I don't no politics what on they the show at all. It's disgusting but and disgraceful. You know, got to congratulate the new president. He's our president. Let's stick by him and see what happens. Obviously, I voted for him, but you know what? If Hillary would have won, and I hate, I didn't want her. I would have still support. I would have hoped for the best. Right. You got her. I mean, what can you do? Right. Like, you I know, I don't like Obama, but you got to hope for the best. I had to deal with Obama for eight years, and it's not like he did some great uh, things for this country. So you know, let's give this guy a chance. What I don't understand why they're allowed to do this right outside the White House. It's disgusting and disgraceful. They should, anyway, be, they should yeah. be talking about. 
They should be talking about why Bill Clinton got caught by his wife staring down Ivanka Trump during the ceremony on national TV, embarrassed. On national TV, she looked back at him like you could see it in her face. Like, are you kidding me? Here you're doing this? Like, I mean, Bill Clinton's just a shot. The guy can't even control himself. It's like, he really can't. It's, it's like, we, it's crazy. Like, the guy can't even control himself. <laughs> Nuts. But, Bill yeah, is Bill. So, <laughs> Bill is Bill. It really is. He's Bill. But, you know, like these people it's going out to rally and don't make no sense to me. It's like, it's you're not accomplishing anything. He's, he's your president. No matter what you he's your president. protest, That's it's right. not going to change the outcome. We're not going to let them put walls up. Like, you have no choice. Shut up. Get off the podium. Who are you? No, the best one I like is the best one I like is he's not our president. No, he is. If he's not your president, then get the hell out of the country. Right, that's what I'm saying. They got signed. They're not my president. Really? Where do you live? What country are you from then? Because the United States, he's the president. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I have my little opening rant now. Your little opening rant she had. <laughs> now, what's, your, what's your take on the on the Cowboy game from last week? Well, I was disappointed, of course, but I was very proud of the Cowboys because they, you know, they came back, they were down, they came back, they made it exciting, and they showed that they they are a good team. They are a good team. They came back, you know, they fought hard. They need they need defense. That's the problem. They need to, to work on their defense. But their offense, they came back, and they made it close and exciting. You know, like your friend said, they didn't get blown out. You know, it was an exciting, close game. And, you know, I felt bad, of course. We all had our jerseys on, and we were all cheering. But, you know, they're a rookie team. Hopefully next year they get better. But they're only going to get better, in my opinion, you know. As far as Romo goes, you know, I hate to see them just release him, and I don't think they will just release him and let him. He needs to either retire and leave with dignity or or go go to another team. He's got to restructure his deal. He's got to restructure his deal for a trade. Now, Pete, how does that work, Pete? Pete, how does the savings work on that? Like if he was to uh... – Restructure his deal, right? Because right now they hit, they get like a twenty-something million dollar cap hit next year if they just trade him. So, like, how do they? How can they reduce that cap hit by trading him? Like restructuring, well, right? It, like, oh. it's it's hard because there's only one year left on the contract. So, they, what they would have to do is they would have to defer some of the payments, and the team that they trade him to would have would be on the hook for those p- payments. No matter how how you look at it, they're going to take some sort of cap hit. I mean, it, it, I think he's owed about around twenty million. But if if you were to if, on his um on his uh, March uh, the next uh, the, the next when they have the next uh, deadline for for cuts, I think it's in March, March third yeah, or something like. March, they think, right? Yeah, if if they were to give him more money there, then they then they could uh, save some money on the cap after they trade him. But either way, they're going to take a little bit of a hit. So, I mean, it's just how much you want to take. Well, like you said, luckily for them, it's only one year they're going to take the hit. Right? So. Yeah. And, you know, they got some young players not making any money yet. So that's also a good thing for them to take a hit for a year before they got to start shelling out more money. You know? And they also, 
they already signed Tyron Smith and uh, the, most of the offensive line, so it's not like it's going to impact that that part of the team. So, I mean, what you're going to do, you're going to have to hope that a guy like Jalen Smith. Oh. You also got to hope that a guy like Jalen Smith's going to be a contributor next year, and some of the other guys that they drafted, because if they're going to take a cap hit, they're going to have to count on some of the younger guys to step up. Yeah, and I think they're expecting big things out of Jalen Smith next year. Yeah, I was just reading an article before I came on about it, too. Yeah. And I heard they're going to extend Zach Martin this offseason. They're looking to extend him. Yeah, that should be a priority. So, yeah, listen, Dallas is set up to be good for the next few years. So, Chris, yeah, don't worry about it. You got to be very happy about your team going forward because you got to, you got your quarterback, got your running back, you got your offensive line. Your defense is a little shaky, but you can fix that. Yeah, well, that's it. They have to fix the defense, and then that, yeah, you know. I mean, they did awesome this year, and who thought they would do that, you know? So no one, we'll no, I did. You know. Yeah. We'll see. So I just, um, I wish that. You know, I wish that um, New England does not is not in the Super Bowl again because they're always in it, and I feel like we need new blood in there. So I'm hoping for New England to lose because I know it's a long shot because Tom Brady, but I just they're always in it, and it's just annoying. It's annoying. Yeah, I don't so, want to see New England. Like Pete said, I don't, I don't want to see two weeks of Belichick interviews and saying nothing. You know, um, Falcons and uh, Steelers, but I don't think the Falcons are going to beat Green Bay. I just don't know why. I feel like he's just on a he's on fire. He's got like his mindset. He uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he I just I don't see him being you know stopped. But I I definitely wish that they would stop Brady um, and just you know it would be Steelers and whatever whoever. Falcons or Green Bay, I don't care, but I don't want to see uh, I don't want to see uh, Patriots in it. It's just annoying at this point. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, he's we're, awesome. We're don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He's awesome. We all know that. But it's just oh, one of the, the best same ever. every time. You know? We want to see new blood in there. I want to see a new team in there. I don't want to oh, oh, just say, okay, well, you know, Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, so we don't even need to watch. I want to see someone else in there. I agree. You know. So I'm hoping that uh, the Steelers just, you know, do their thing. and. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 th- I like Pittsburgh's chances. I think they really got a legitimate chance to win this game. I, I think I, I do. I think they got a good chance, and I, I really hope they pull it off. It'll be great. It'll definitely be great if they can pull it off. But hey, listen, Allen, Allen's the only one still alive right now at us four in the playoffs. So we'll root for Allen. To, we'll root for the Steelers for Allen. Much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you and not team. only that, you know, PA's close to us. I mean, all right, New York's not in it. No one, you know, Jersey's not in it. All right, I'm a Dallas fan, but I live in New York. PA's close. You know, I'd rather see Pennsylvania than Boston in it, that's for sure. So. Yeah. But you're a Yankee fan in Boston, right? Exactly. Anybody but Boston. I'm rooting for uh, Steelers and 
honestly, on the other side, I mean, they beat Dallas, so of course we'll have sour grapes, but I just don't think they're going to stop him. So I don't think they're going to stop him. Yeah, I, I think, listen, I think you're going to see a shootout in the NFC and the AFC. I think not a shootout, but I think we'll see points score. But I think both games I expect to be close into the fourth quarter. I'd be shocked if neither one of them weren't close. I think both games are going to be very competitive. I mean, yeah, it's all on the line, right? It's all on the line for these teams. So, you know, yeah. win or go home at this point. So, we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be good games. So, I guess we'll see and we'll talk next week. Yeah, right. next week we'll be talking about the Super Bowl. But, you know, uh-huh. It'll be two weeks and then the following week. Just so you know, in two weeks, I'm going to do a show on Super Bowl Sunday that week. Just to kind of preview the Super Bowl. So I'm going to do a Super Bowl Sunday show that has oh, on the Super Bowl week. So that'll be fun. We'll have everybody, the whole football crew, who will be talking. Pete, obviously, will be on. Bob Allen, you know, you call in. Whoever wants to talk football that day. So we'll preview the Super Bowl and stuff. So that'll be fun. Then after that, Pete, then, then we got to start uh, getting mock drafts together at that point, right? Sure. You know, then we can start the mocking for our draft show. So that'll be fun. How did draft go last night? What? What did you have last night, a draft or something? Oh, no, we had our, our fantasy baseball meeting, winter meetings at Wheeler's. We went to Wheeler's to eat, so we had a yeah, bunch of was... rules to vote on and stuff, so it was fun. Good time. There's always good food there at Wheeler's. The muscles are insane there. Yeah, I have muscles on my still. It's funny that you said that. Get a bunch, you know, wings, galamide, all that stuff. Steak tidbits. Steak tidbits are unreal, too, in there. So, good time. Good time with the fellas last night. I actually had, I actually had the best of both worlds last night. Then I had the Farah pizza because I was with Craig, and we had to pick up Louisa after the practice, his wife, at the pizzeria, and then they drove me home. So we went, you know, we went to the pizzeria, and I brought a, she, you know, Louisa gave me a, you know, like a pie to bring home, you know, for everybody. Yeah. So that was nice, for Louise. Yeah. Yeah. She's very nice, Louisa. I love her. So it's nice to, oh, it's nice to have the Farah late at night. Yeah, the Farah, late night, the Farah means only Anne last night. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, yeah. Good well, talking to you, day, Chris. Uh, you too. All right. Bye, guys. You. Bye. Christine from Pine Bush joining us call. And I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you guys for calling in. Great job, as always, doing the NFL. I had you guys on for like an hour today. So thank you guys for staying on and going through everything. And, uh, you know, Good luck, Allen and Pittsburgh tomorrow for you guys in New England to win that game. And uh, yeah, we're right, pulling thanks. for you. We're all pulling for you in that game. And, uh, you know, next week we'll be talking about who's in the Super Bowl. And we'll be, uh, hopefully it's Pittsburgh versus Atlanta or even Green Bay. I don't even care who wins in the NFC. I just don't want New England to win in the AFC. <laughs> so, you know. Nah, so, I don't want but, New England winning another Super Bowl, even if they get past this game. I gotta really hope they lose the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. All right, 
All right, so thank All you, right. guys. Enjoy your weekend. Key, enjoy your weekend. Thank you for coming on, as always. And I'll speak to both you guys next week. You got, right, it, you got it. Right. All right, man. Have a good day. CDB and Alice from Oldbridge. Great job, as always. Covering a lot of stuff. And uh, so, you know, doing a lot of NFL. So, we, you know, we did a lot of baseball Hall of Fame. We did a lot of NFL. I threw a little basketball in. I'm going to do some more basketball after this commercial I'm about to take. We're going to come back. We've got another call that we're going to take when we come back as well in a couple of minutes. So let me just take this uh, this quick commercial break, and then uh, I'll be right back in less than three minutes or three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right, you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop, forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause a group of parents located in Southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 
1-800-227-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. We've got the final, about 35 minutes left in today's show. I'm going to get to the phone lines in a second. I did want to talk about, so I'm going to do some, I want to just talk some NBA quick, and then I'm going to hit the phone lines. So so basically a couple of things with the NBA. Obviously, I, I, I ranted a little earlier about Westbrook getting snubbed. Obviously, I'm not happy. And he's not starting in the All-Star game. He's clearly the best player in the league right now this year, stat-wise. And, you know, if guy have, you average a triple-double, it should just be not even a question if you're in the game. But like I said earlier, part of it is the fan vote, which is ruining, you know, is ruining it. And they've kind of moved on from that, so that's a good thing. Other thing I wanted to talk about, obviously, Chris Paul got hurt. He's out six to eight weeks, big loss for the Clippers. And uh, obviously the whole Nick thing, so... Phil Jackson had to sit down with Carmelo. Carmelo says he wants to remain a Nick. They said it was more a little, a little more, you know, not less friendly than normal meetings. That pretty much the relationship is shot with Phil Jackson and Carmelo. But Phil's hands are tied, obviously, because he gave him a no trade clause when he signed them. So, but now Anthony comes out yesterday and says he'd be open to a deal if they don't want him anymore. So. I think it's kind of opening the door for a potential trade, and I think it's the best thing for both parties. The Knicks need to move in another direction and rebuild around Porzingis. They're not making the playoffs. They're five games out already, and just, there's no sign of life there at all. And, you know, Derek Rose is another guy in the last year of his deal that they can maybe flip and get, get, get a, you know, some kind of asset for. So Knicks got to really consider doing this. They're, they're, they're not – you know, they had a nice win in Boston if they're struggling, and then they come out and lose at home to Washington the other night. And, you know, if you were going to have some momentum, you would have carried it over from that Boston game, and they didn't. So, you know, I, I think, to me, it's a lost season. You know, and, 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 you know, again, this is a decision that could have been made three years ago, and then they wouldn't be in, in the same position that they're in right now. But, unfortunately, they waited. They tried, I guess, they tried for the quick six. And it obviously is not worth, especially this year. And given Noah the four year seventy two million, that's a deal I really don't like. The Rose deal to me wasn't a high risk move because he has one year left, and he's playing pretty he's pretty good for them. I mean, he's not the same Rose that we used to see, but he's still playing. You know, he's playing good enough to win. You know, you know to, to you know to help his team win a game. So I wouldn't put it all on Derek Rose. But I think, you know, the whole thing with Rose that pissed me off is what he did with, you know, when he leaves the team and don't even call anybody. Nobody hears from him until, like, later that night. You can't, you just can't do that, if, you know. So I would move on from Rose and Anthony if I was the next to build this the right way. They, they blew a chance a couple of years ago when they could have Jimmy Butler in the first round of Gomello. You know, they would have had a legitimate franchise player back. They won't get that much now. Now to trade Carmelo. You know, they're, they're lucky, you know, there are people saying they wouldn't even get ice They're going to get a first-rounder, but they're not going to get much more than a first-rounder and a young player for for uh, for Carmelo, so at this point. And then it's finding the right team, and then Carmelo's got to approve a deal to that team. So it's a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of more, a lot got to happen for a deal to happen there, but we'll see. And I did want to touch, because I know a lot of Philly fans listening, as, as it's a, you know, a Philly network that I work for, but uh, the 76ers are playing great basketball. I mean, 8-2 in their last 10. They're winning. They're beating good teams. 
And, you know, you know, to have a game like uh, last night where they pulled it out the last second with a couple of big threes by Covington, but, you know, a nice come-from-behind win. So you give them some credit. They're playing great. And Joel Unblid is, is turning into one of the best players in the league right now. I mean, the guy's just dominating. He's playing 28 minutes a night, and he's getting 20 double-doubles. I mean, the guy, he, I tell you, they waited on it. You know, it's been to come back, and he's come back with authority. So get, let's, let's definitely give him some credit because he's, you know, he's emerging as one of the best. Listen, when they get Ben Simmons back, you know, Philly's, Philly's definitely a team trending in the right direction. There's no way around that. So, People of Philly, you guys should be happy, and uh, you know you got a lot to look forward to. You got a, a great young team, so you know I, I would definitely you know stand by. You know definitely uh, you know be excited. Like they said, trust the process. That's the chance at the stadium. So they got to trust the process. All right, so we got a half hour left. We're gonna hit the phone lines right now. Magic Mike, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, Mojo? I heard the uh, the tail end of the uh, the football uh, gang or committee, right? What would you, what would you call them? You do have a name for them, right? So I have my Met Roundtable, and then yeah, but you have the football, right? What do you call? You don't have a football roundtable. That's what you should have, I think. Well, we have it every week—a football roundtable. Right, table. right. Usually, I didn't know. You know usually, usually. Because, you know, Pete goes through the games with me, and then Alan... No, I know. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I just didn't know if you had a special name for it. I mean, uh, you know, hey, you know, that's what happens. I guess, you know, and I heard, I think it was Christine on. I heard. I heard with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Christine was on. Yeah, and Alan, Alan's getting ready for his Pittsburgh Steelers game. Um, yeah, you know, I think Pete Pete's probably getting ready to gamble out in Vegas with the with the Oakland. The, uh-huh. What are they going to be called now, right? They're going to Vegas. Christine's getting ready for what the Cowgirls to show up again for the for for she's a Cowboy fan, right? Yeah, she's a Cowboy fan. Yeah, so I guess she's ready for the for that for Dak Prescott and what's his name Romo to decide what they're going to do. I guess tomorrow when they're going to play golf. So you got that going. And then plus, like I said, the Steelers, it's going to be a pretty – I tell you, I'm looking forward to the games. I already picked my my two winners. I have Green Bay going up against – I have it. Green Bay going up against New England. Super Bowl. Okay. What's your keys to the game? So I'll start off with uh, uh, New, uh, Green Bay-Atlanta. What's your key to that game? 
the key is the key to the game is simple. If you're if it depends on which team. Now, if if you're if you're if you're um, Green Bay, you gotta work on your defense. You gotta keep on pounding your defense. You cannot let the birds score, score, score. You gotta you gotta give time. You can't. You, we can't have you know Rogers. Uh, you don't want to have Rogers throwing, uh, you know, interception. Well, he's good on that, but you don't want to have Rogers, you know, making mistakes. And you don't want to have Rogers, you know, with little time left to have the full miracle out. It's just not going to happen. But uh, what I would do if I'm Green Bay, just concentrate on the key to the game is let Rogers do his stuff on the offense because Rogers is the man. Nobody's touching Aaron Rodgers. That's a fact right there. And then when they do touch him, of course he gets you know every everybody gets you know you get called for a little touching. But still, I mean, hey, Aaron Rodgers is a proven winner and he's doing really good. He's an all star baby, and Green Bay's got it. Now the key to the game for the key to the game for Atlanta: score, score, score. You know, make the defense tire out. Make them do what they have to do. Score some touchdowns, score whatever they could do, and that's the way it is. But I think, in my heart of hearts, it's going to be Green Bay. Okay. Well, what about the New England-Pittsburgh game? Listen, same deal. Pittsburgh, defense, defense, defense. You don't want to have the great Tom Brady. Again, the great Tom Brady. Tom Brady's awesome. He's great. He's a proven winner. Defense, his offense. He's a, he's a guy that's going to do everything that he can. Don't forget, he missed four games in the beginning. Now he's primed up. I'm telling you, he's he's going to be the MVP tomorrow. Uh, you know, that's what I think. New England, they have to work on their defense. New England's going to be tough, tough, tough defense. And it's basically basically the same as Green Bay. But if it comes down to it tomorrow, uh, I'm fortunate, and I would like to see Pittsburgh in it, but it ain't going to be. It's going to be New England Patriots against. Um, it's going to be New England Patriots against Green Bay. That's just Super Bowl right there tomorrow. So I have a lot of I have a lot of Green Bay fans friends, and I have a lot of New England friends, and I have a good well, friend. I gotta, that's a I gotta disagree look. with you on one thing there. I gotta disagree on the thing when you say New England defense is like Green Bay's. No, New England defense. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said it's got to be – I said it's got to be the same. I said in order. I didn't say they're the same. I said it has to be the same. They have to do the same. Oh, okay. If In order to win, Green Bay has to play defense. New England has to play defense. There can't be no holes in it. Just like Pittsburgh, there can't be no holes. If they want their teams with, with Ben Roethlisberger and they want their teams with, you know, with any quarterback – you know, I mean, you can't – it can't work like that. you got to play defense. Your offense is good, stick with your offense. You know, and I, I personally think that nobody can touch, especially – and I called it, and that's another thing, too. Last week I made some good predictions, and I made some good green for the pocket. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I did pretty good, you know, the first time in – in a while that I actually went with everything and said, you know, this is how I have to do it, and boom, and I and I got it done. But the smart thing this week is going to be the two games, and then we get the Super Bowl, 
Well, it's good. You know, it's 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 going to be an interesting game tomorrow for everybody. You know, a Sunday, a nice Sunday. Everybody could relax and watch the two games. And uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be good. Oh, I agree. I think I expect a, a, a great game. Both you know, games, what were your predictions? Because I missed uh, half of your show because I was so busy getting ready for for tonight. Right, so so what? Me, 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 Pete Allen both had Pittsburgh versus Atlanta. He did so what? We, we all we all picked Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Me, Allen, okay. and Pete. Well, I mean, that's the. What are your keys to the game tomorrow? Well, I think first of all, I think in the first in the the Green Bay game, I think, I, I really think that, you know, a team, a team, I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta is going to be able to run the ball, and I think Atlanta is going to be able to hit some deep plays because Green Bay secondary is banged up and in bad yeah. shape right now. So I think right. they're probably, but I think we'll put up points as well. I think it's going to be a close game. I had Atlanta winning 28-24 wow, in a close game. Good. And then I had in the in the New England game, I had Pittsburgh win. I think I think Bell's going to be the difference. I think Bell, you know, like I said, it's that before. I don't know if you heard it. New England hasn't allowed a running back to go over right. 90 yards in 24 right. straight games, which is impressive. Right. So Ben Bell, if Bell, if they hold Bell under 90 yards, Pittsburgh's not winning. Right. So, you know, Pittsburgh needs Bell. To, they need over 100 yards rushing to win this game. Yeah, so, very, very. Uh, those are your keys to the game. I was going to say those are your keys to the game. To the game that's very impressive keys. Now I'm sure you've heard. I mean, it's been all over the news about the stomach bug that went down with the Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right, and then you heard about Bell. Bell didn't practice, but there's something. It's not. It's not due to the bug. It's related to something else that Bell didn't practice. He missed a practice game. But uh, Green anyway, Bay still I think, is having that. You know, the flu yeah. is going around Green Bay, and Rogers was sick yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going around. The flu is going around everywhere, though. This is the time hey, of year you know, where you've got to be careful. That Jordy Nelson had it, that Nathan Crosby had it, and now Rogers yeah. had it. And I heard Fox oh. had it, too, I think. Favre. <laughs> I think Favre, Favre, I think Favre, I think Favre, Favre had it too, you know, because he wanted to be, he wants to be included in the conversation, <laughs> you know, just yeah. like Terry Bradshaw got sick too. I heard over the week, uh, yeah. over the weekend. Poor Terry Bradshaw, Rock, Rock, you know, Bradshaw's they want to be in the taking shots at Tomlin. Yeah, they want to be in the in the conversation, but I think tomorrow's games uh, are going to be interesting, and I think the. You know, we got to, you know, my mother keeps on asking me. She goes, you know, I, I want to get a, my mother's funny. My mother's not a football person. She goes, I want to do something for the Super Bowl this year. Who's in it? I don't know, Mom. When will you know? Tomorrow, Mom. Are you sure? Yes, Mom. I'll let you know tomorrow night. And this has been going on since, I don't know, the playoffs started. Because, you know, I'll, <laughs> if, if you guys know this, and you know this, when you go shopping, everything's catered to the big game. And then, yeah, you know, well, meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm looking forward to the rumble. I got, I got the rumble that I'm looking forward to. Yesterday, there was this big, this big thing going on with the whole world, and they were all enthralled. And there I am saying, you know what? Today is a good day. It was a good day because yesterday, in 2002, Triple H made his return, 
and he won the Royal Rumble to go on to WrestleMania to take on Chris Jericho, uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll. So the well, other day was a great day. Good. You know what else is good? Uh, and then Kurt Angle got in the Hall of Fame. Yes. It's true. It's damn true. But remember, Kurt Angle. He sucks. Remember, remember that where that came from. That came from Edge telling him he sucked. I, I love uh, I, I I'm thinking thinking you're right, but but there's something else. Do you think else Angle re- do you think Angle ever comes back and wrestles again? Or no? Yeah. I think he would. I think if they asked him to, I mean, hey, he's doing he Kurt Angle's wrestling right now on the independence. He wrestled Cody Rhodes for Northeast Wrestling and he's doing he's doing independent wrestling stuff. So I think he would. Why not? Kurt Angle, hey, you know what, we might it could it would be nice if we could see uh you never I guess you never say um uh, you never wanna say uh you never wanna say ne- never. Hey by by the way, um and uh today is the twenty first and that means that on today's date at today's date in Florida we had in, in nineteen ninety we had the first ever meeting at the Royal Rumble between Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior and of course you remember Hogan won that Royal Rumble. That was his uh that was his um well, let's see. Yeah, yeah that was his uh, that first one. uh first Royal Rumble victory. Nineteen ninety in, in Orlando, Florida, the Orlando Arena. Yeah. That was what do you, what that was that was like people were talking about the Royal Rumble when Snookers came in and and him and Rowdy Piper went at it at Madison Square Garden in 2008. It was like time stood still. When the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan faced off in the Royal Rumble, I, I, my mouth was I, was, I was like, I couldn't even talk, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, how old, how old were you then? Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I was 16, going to be 17 at that point. <laughs> yeah, let's see. It was January. Oh, let's see. I I always get this mixed. Me and Math don't mix. <laughs> Me and Math are, are like uh, you know trying to get Sapphire into her her, her polka dot outfit. It just doesn't jive. We don't jive. We don't jive. Um, but what year was your born? I could tell you. Nineteen ninety. Well, I'll I'll see if I could simplify it. Let's see. Uh, let's see. January. It was ninety. I just turned, I believe, I had to be thirteen. I believe. I just, I think I just turned thirteen. Oh wait, no, I turned twelve. That's right. I was twelve years old because I was born in seventy-seven. Oh, okay. I'm thirty-nine, so I had to be twelve because. Uh, because dirt, because uh, was I? Uh, yeah, I, I, I always forget. I, I, I remember I was in seventh grade, so I remember I was in yeah. seventh grade. I don't know. I always, I always look back to that because people always ask me, what you know when you when Ric Flair won the won the tight won the won the title. How old are you? Well, you and and you know, and I always say I know the answer to that. I was fourteen. I was fourteen. So, you think he'll ever bring that. back so Saturday I had to be, I had to be. Uh, think they'll ever bring back Saturday night's main event? What happened? You think they'll ever bring back Saturday night's main event? I, um, that, I think, I, I think that they could. It's always a, there's always a door open. Uh, they brought it back in 
2000 and what was it, six? Um, yeah, yeah. Never, I, I, I guess that. you never know. That was a big, uh, that was big, that was big. Oh, you know, the 80s, um, that was huge in the 80s. Well, that's when nobody you know, had that was, uh, That was huge. Well, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> My mother always says to me, do you remember, you know, May, I believe it was May 11th, 1985. And I said, that was the, the, I said, that was when Zion's main event started. And she goes, no, that's when you made your communion. Don't you remember? And I said, I said, I said, no, I said, I, I, she got, then I said, yeah, and we watched the tape. I said, yeah. I said, but mom, don't you remember the next day when dad handed me a tape? He said to me, I taped this for you last night before you went to bed. Or when I, when we came home from the party or somehow he taped the first ever Zion's main event. And my dad was taping them. You know, every week, and I didn't realize. And then one day, I had like a build-up, and he goes, "Here, this is for you." And I put on the tape, and it's all my Saturday night main events. And to this day, I always said to my dad, the other day, I said to him, "I said, remember when he used to tape my wrestling for me?" And he used to say, "Yes," because that <laughs> well, was the way to me. Out. You know, that if 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 you wanted to get in good with me, anything wrestling, you know, my uncle would do the same thing. Hey, kid, what? I have I have this. I don't know if you want it. It's something called the king of the ring. I'm like, really? I don't have to pay, you know, I don't have to pay $30 to see this pay-per-view? Really? He goes, oh, my, my son ordered it and I taped it. Same thing with the Royal Rumbles, you know, and uh, and all that stuff. I mean, that was big back then when we were growing up. But tonight's main event, it was the first time you know, the first Saturday Night's main event was in, in uh, um, National Coliseum. And that was such a big, I don't know, it was it was big, I think, because people that look for, I remember when, when my cousins w- would get upset and they go, I'm looking for Saturday Night Live, but tonight is, is Saturday Night's main event. <laughs> you know, and they would get pissed off at me, like it would be me doing something. But then when they started having Mr. T on, and they started having all the celebrities on Saturday Night's main event, and people that were didn't they didn't care about missing Saturday Night Live, you know? Yeah. So, what was the other thing called? I remember going to an event in Penn Station. They used to have that special one like every week in Penn mm. Station. I remember watching. Yeah, the that, was, um, that was that was a uh, that was a show. A. Yeah, oh, listen, I, I remember. I was there. I watched The Undertaker, Tombstone, Triple H on an escalator. Yeah, that was, um... Like, they came out into the, like, into the into the actual Penn Station and were fighting. Yeah. And then he, uh, was... he tombstoned him on the escalator. Yeah, that As the that escalator was going was, uh... down, and Triple H, Triple H went down the escalator unconscious after the Yeah, hold on a second. Let me see if I can... I, I, I know the uh, Hot Shot Saturday night... I forgot the name of the event. That uh, they used to I think it was. was. I know in the beginning it was. Uh, it was. Uh, let's see. In the beginning it was. Uh, it was that a show that was on. It was a show when they started that show. It was a show that was that came from a bar, and then, and it was on Channel Fifty Five. It was WWF. Yeah, yeah, it was um, Channel Fifty Five. Shotgun yeah, Saturday yeah. night. Was that it? Yeah, Shotgun Saturday. Uh, shot, excuse me, sorry. Shotgun Saturday night. Um, and um, and it was uh, what do you call it? It was really, yeah. It was it aired it aired on uh, it aired on um, Ellen 
uh, WLNY, which was 55. Um, yeah, and uh, they had Saturday some night, yeah. interesting. Uh, they had some interesting things. They actually, it was it was from a nightclub, uh, I, be, I believe. And then uh, the all, oh yeah, it was the All Star Cafe in Times Square. Then there was a nightclub, the Marich nightclub in um, in uh, what the hell did I call it? in Long Island? And then Temp Station, and uh, they did a show there as well. Um, and and if I, I remember, if I remember correctly. That match that I seen, the one when he tombstone, that was for the Intercontinental Title, if I remember correctly. Right, probably was. Triple H was, Triple the, H was the Intercontinental time. Champion uh, at the uh, at the time, and that was a weird. That was a weird time. That was a weird time. That's when they used to call, was, to call him Hunter Hearst Helmsley more than yeah, anything. Yeah, right. It was from January. The show was from January fourth, nineteen ninety-seven. It ended in in uh, in ninety-nine, and. Uh, it was uh it was a pretty yeah, that was and that's and that's the whole deal. If people wanna go and they wanna watch the nineteen ninety seven Royal Rumble, you'll see in the beginning that that Hunter that Hunter Hurst Helmsley, because he was given Mr. Perfect, he was given all these women and stuff, and but then they put him with Mr. Hughes, you know, the bodyguard and or he was a butler. And it was so funny because people that know Curtis Hughes, and I met him and I talked to him, and he's a nice guy. But people that knew Mr. Hughes, you knew he wrestled. You knew, he, you know, he wrestled in the suit and the whole tie deal. You know, he, you know, he had a whole hand in the Undertaker at one time. He went after Taker, and then to see him coming out with Triple H was, I mean, with Hunter was ridiculous because it's like, you know, and they made a joke. They were like, oh, he's a Butler. He must be now, you know. And uh, you know he was always billed as a bodyguard, but but and then of course you know we got China out of that whole deal. China came out and then she put the, did the whole deal with Marlena, and that to me worked better when they put China yeah. with him. And McMahon, Vince McMahon didn't want it in the beginning. He said it'll, it'll never work. They won't be, they won't believe of that a big a big woman like you know a big strong woman can beat up all, a, a woman can beat up all these men. <laughs> And and look how that and, and look how that works for them. That worked pretty good for them. All right, well, Mike, I only got a couple of minutes left, but I want to ask you one more thing before I let you go. So, what do you think of the developments this week with the Knicks and the meeting with Carmelo and Phil Jackson and all that? And where do you think this is going? Well, I I think uh, I don't know really. I mean, hey, if if you know if if the Knicks. And Phil Jackson can part ways because it sounds to me like Carmelo is is not happy either because he has to be because what's going on? I mean, if if the Knicks want to take away their big scorer right now and he's scoring a lot of points, I mean that's on them. If if your whole thing, I heard what you were saying about building with Porzingis. Um, if that's if if that's what they're going to do now, then I I wish them luck. I mean, I like Carmelo. I think he's great, but yeah, now's the time to do it. If you're going to do it, you have to yeah, do it. Yeah, well, Carmelo's I mean, gonna listen. Carmelo's going to be 33 years old. You can't keep waiting or you're not going to get anything for him. So if right, you want to get guess, something uh, for him, you got, you got to move him now. I you guess, know? I, right, I was going to say, I guess I guess you're uh, I guess you're right on that. I mean, that's a, to me, that's a... But only um, time will tell. Unless Phil Jackson quits after the year. You know, he got an opt-out after this year. Unless Phil Jackson walks away, that's... If he walked away, I could see Carmelo staying. Yeah, but I guess there's a rift. There must the be something. The combo's not working right now. That combination. Yeah, no, it's work. it's uh, 
the con- that combo reminds me of uh, Anthony Mason and uh, and Pat Riley. Pat Riley left after the uh, after that season, and he went and he started coaching uh, elsewhere. It was uh, it was tough to see Pat go to to Miami, but I see I see what happened over there. But tonight, I got a question for you. Actually, what are you doing tonight, my man? Tonight, tonight. Well, actually, tonight my son, my my oldest son's coming in from Maryland, so nice. We got a, yeah, we're going out. You know, my father-in-law's coming. We're all going out to dinner and stuff, so well, it'll be a fun night tonight. Yeah, well, tonight I'm going to pro wrestling magic. Looks like we made it. Knights of Columbus, 106 Bergen Avenue, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Bell, uh, tickets start at just twenty dollars. At uh, doors open at six p.m. WW dot WrestlingIsMagic.com. Tonight we will be seeing the we will be seeing from two oh five live and WNCWC a guest on my show, Mr. Sean Malud is gonna be in the in the house. Also, we're gonna be seeing Leo Rush from ROH. Homicide makes his debut tonight. Wrestling legend Homicide. He's gonna be taking on a newcomer, AC Romero. AC Baby, AC Baby actually beat Simon Simon Crow Simon Crow's Sammy Callahan at at the debut of last month. So tonight's going to be packed with all all your action. You're going to see all your wrestling. Oh, and then my best friend Magic is going up against Connor Claxton from um, BWO. He's going to be taking. Hopefully, we're going to be taking the belt back to the fam belt back to the family. Because, you know, BWO, Body Slam Wrestling Organization, that's going to be a big match. So you guys want to check out a great car tonight. If you're in the area, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be hot tonight in the, in the uh, you know, so don't sit home and watch a Knicks game. You can get disappointed. And don't watch reruns of your favorite show. Head on out to uh, to New Jersey, Richville Park. There you go. All right, Mike, thank you. Thanks for coming on as always. Hey, no problem. Now next week, maybe we could do something for the Rumble. Um, you know, next we'll week might some, be hard. Some... We got the fiftieth show, so there's gonna be a lot of call. Cool, oh, that's right. Guests. Next week is that's right. Next week is your uh, your fiftieth uh, show. All right. So this, you know so what? Maybe when you call not... in, maybe when you call in, we'll just say who you think is gonna win quick. We'll do. Well, a quick I was gonna say if you're not doing anything Wednesday, maybe you can well, call, call my show again Wednesday, Wednesday, and we could do it Wednesday because Wednesday I'm gonna have a couple of friends of mine. And we're going to be talking about the Rumble, our memories. We're going to be doing the whole deal. So that'll be this Wednesday night. We'll be talking about the Royal Rumble and, of course, all the goings on in wrestling. And your 50th show, you tell me what time you want me to call my man, and I'll I'll give you a call. I can't wait. I'm excited. 50, 50th show. This is your midlife crisis show, by the way. 50. Yeah, really. Right? <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, my, and you had fun. the Farrah pizza last night. By the way, I'm still waiting for my DeFaro pizza. I just had a DeFaro <laughs> slice for lunch, too. Yeah, okay. But anyway, anyway, have a good but night thanks, tonight. Give a, a shout out to, and give a shout out to Mrs. Mojo and tell her why, too, Jay. <laughs> thanks, man. You got it, brother. Later. Take it easy. Magic Mike calling in. Talking football. Basketball and wrestling, doing a good job as always. And an interesting, oh, my Magic Mike. I see right, next week I'm coming up on my 50th show. Magic Mike just had his 90th show the other night, his 90th pro wrestling now show. So 
like I said, got a great wrestling show. He knows everything about wrestling. Definitely want to listen into his show if you're a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, he'll give you all the insight on all wrestling all over the world. He knows everything from Japan wrestling to independent wrestling to, of course, WWE. So definitely uh, give it a, give his show a listen. And, uh, you know, the World Rumble Coming will be having a preview Wednesday for all you wrestling fans. So definitely listen in. And uh, so, yeah, another day is in the books here, another show. So next week, keep an eye out, working out the date because – I have next, you know, normally I'm 10 to 1 on Saturdays, but next Saturday I have my basketball team that I coach. We have pitcher day, my son's team. So I have to work the schedule around pitcher day. So pitcher's at 11. So I don't, I most likely going to move the show. It's either going to be later in the day on Saturday or Sunday morning, 10 to 1. I may just make it Sunday, but I'll just keep an eye out. I'll be posting stuff and updating it the next day or so exactly when the 50 show but it's going to be a great show. Definitely listen in next week. I'm going to have great guests next week. Coco and Wee Wee, Bay Ragney, Big Weenie, Magic Mike. Of course, you know, PDV, my Met Roundtable, Padman, Allen and Adam, Christine from Pinebush, Doodoo Brown. I'm going to have everybody calling in next week. Eric from Canarsie. So it's going to be a great show. Hopefully, uh, maybe Foley from Pinebush. Kiva from Pittsburgh, so it's going to be an action-packed show. Also working on a big guest, a big, you know, a big celebrity guest I'm working on as well, so let's see. Maybe, uh, you know, we'll see what happens during the week, a possibility. I'm not going to mention no names yet, but, you know, working on something big and uh, hoping it comes through, so, but either way, we're going to have a great show next week for the 15th show, and, uh, you know, definitely uh, tune in next week and keep an eye out for updates of the date of the time and the date for the show. But thanks again. Great show today, guys. Doing football, baseball, Hall of Fame, basketball. I didn't get into all the basketball I wanted to. We ran short of time, so next week I'll, I'll look more into the All-Star starters because we have time until the All-Star game anyway. Plus, next week, Mr. Berg is going to be joining us in two weeks. Not next week, but in two weeks, Mr. Berg is going to be joining us to give us an up-to-date hockey see what's going on in the hockey world, you know, take a, a look at the hockey now midway through the season, a little past midway through the season now to see where we're standing there and, the, you know, what's going on in the NHL. And there's some rule changes being proposed that we're going to talk about as well. So till then, everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy your day. And I'll see everybody for the big 50th show next week.